And now, introducing the man who's been experiencing ominous side effects from a new medication he's been taking as, while he described the sharp pains in his liver, crippling body soreness and internal bleeding to be uncomfortable, he says the desired effect is all the more worthwhile when, quote, people see me breakdancing, unquote. Upon arriving at his child's school's production of Little Women, he was impressed by the maturity and diction of such a young cast. However, he was still confused after he had been helping to rehearse lines at home for weeks from the screenplay of Fast and Furious 6. He is Glenn Clark. That was the one that you were... I like it a lot, yes. Thank I mean, you. I'm not saying it was bad. I just No, it's fine. It you can be wrong. No, I mean it was it was fine. You can be wrong. It was a fine intro, as intros go. I enjoyed the 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 concept of a six year old putting on a production of Little Women, and then you reading lines from Fast and Furious Six at home. So, thank you. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We're here with much to do on a Thursday edition of the program. Coming up a little bit later on, we are excited to meet Jordan Lawler, who might very well be the player that the Orioles end up taking with the number five pick in the MLB draft, if he's even still available at that point. There's a chance he could go as early as number one in this draft. He is a high school shortstop. What does it take to be number one? Uh, two is uh, not a winner, and three nobody remembers. Unless you're Manny Machado. So tell me now. He's played at the Ravens games all the time. Did they really? Yeah, they did. I think they just played Ellie Nelly songs for a while. I was going to say, maybe that might have been just like a like an agreement they entered into with him over the years. Um, we're going we're gonna to chat with Jordan Lawler later on in the program. Obviously, he has no idea if the Orioles are going to take him or not. Um, we will do our best to address the fact that he's, he's sort of saying you can't sign him, like that he's going to college, which I think we all know is not. He wouldn't be doing this interview if that was the case. Mm-hmm. But yet... I well, get he wants, it. He wants his money. Yeah, it's a very awkward like thing to have to handle. So I, I, I could do for your entertainment. I could do the thing where I really press people about it, but it's not going to accomplish anything. We all know what's going on. We're going to talk to Jordan Lawler. I'm going to ask him something about will you sign? He'll say something along the lines of Vanderbilt is my plan, and we're going to all have to take it on face value because we know what's going on. He's going to get offered. Five plus million dollars, and correct. I mean, more likely in the neighborhood of seven or eight million dollars. Sure, yes. What's and the slot for Orioles? I don't know off the top of my head. Probably like six point three ish. I would. Yeah, think. something like that. Um, so it's what it is, and we'll participate in the exercise because you you know that's the way it goes. You have to participate in the exercise. Um, but it's we understand what's happening, and we're all intelligent people, and we just want to get to know them. That that's sort of the point of these. Get to know these guys. Um, and who they are, who they can be, those types of things. So we'll chat with Jordan Lawler later on in the show. Also coming up this morning, we're going to spend some time talking about uh, the arena stuff from yesterday. Baltimore- 6.18. 6.18, all right, thank you. Baltimore Development Corporation President and CEO Colin Tarbert is going to join the show. They are negotiating with the Oakview Group and um, the 35 Ventures um company, I guess you call it, that uh, Kevin Durant is a part of. Um, that's exclusive negotiations. That's that's the stage they're in. As I always warn, don't, don't get too far ahead of things. This announcement this week was just that th- these groups had been chosen for exclusive negotiations over this deal. I, I spent a little bit more time with this yesterday. 
I think that I probably came off too negative during the course of the show, but for good reason. And and we'll talk about those Colin Tarbert. I'm still going to feel the same way. Until it happens, I'm going to be trepidatious about it happening. Not because I don't believe that they are moving forward. I absolutely believe that they're moving forward. Because they've moved forward a lot over the years. That's happened a ton of times over the years. They've moved forward and then something has ground things to a halt. And the biggest thing is that the people involved tend to say, is this really worth it economically for us? Now, a lot of you pointed out these people have been involved in other arena uh, renovations throughout the country. However, for example, renovating arena in Seattle makes a huge difference when you have an NHL tenant that's going to be moving in to that building. One of the conversations I had with him when I was trying to book him, he confirmed that this is not... Let's not read ahead on that. We're going to do an interview. This is about Glenn Clark. But I, we can that that could have been inferred yesterday. Sure, this is not happening for an NBA or NHL franchise. It, we we we're we're kidding ourselves because we want it. We want to believe. Of course, we, we want to believe. You know, right? It's a dream. It would be great to see Baltimore yeah. in an NBA jersey and have something to cheer for when you but watch NBA. That's basketball. not what this is. This is something else. And without the promise of that tenant, it is easier for people involved at a large number to say. Is this really worth it? Now, I hope that Kevin Durant's company and the Oakview Group, which I know less or less about, Kevin Durant's company, I don't even know that much about, but they're kind of venture capitalists. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. dipping their toes into everything, if you will. I hope that these people are all saying, "Well, this is more than just uh, about the arena. This is about us." You know, spurring economic growth all, in Baltimore. All of and, these yeah. things of us investing in a city that's down a little bit. And us injecting, buying low and selling high, if you will. I hope that's the case because we could desperately use that, frankly. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be trepidatious. We'll talk about it more. Colin Tarbert's going to join us in the uh, Baltimore Development. He's the president and CEO of the Baltimore Development Corporation, and uh, his group is is sort of leading these negotiations. With these companies to renovate the Royal Farms Arena. With that in mind, um, trying to have some fun today on Twitter. It's not going to be the NBA or NHL. Stop trying to convince yourself that it's going to be the NBA or NHL. That's not coming. And and it's not even about like the building. It's just or the city. It's not about any of those things. It's about there being the Leonces right down the street. Is it the same geographic restrictions as baseball? I mean, it was like forty-five miles or fifty. I don't remember exactly. What the, I don't. I don't the know. Radius if it's, is right. I don't know if it's like hard to that, or if it's just a we're we're going to do we're you a solid. We have a, a a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to take away something that has been your market. Now, somebody would say well, they did that once upon a time in the NFL. The NFL is far different. They don't play games every night. The t the local TV. Um, is not nearly as important. They would say, well, they did it in, the, in Major League Baseball. They did, at but a cost, they, yes. they, they did it at a cost, and mm-hmm. they did it for the bigger market of the two. Sure. To move a team into the... I'm, the the best comparisons I could give you would be, somebody might argue that Oklahoma City was a Dallas market, right? That it's people in Oklahoma further. City... Dallas it's is, definitely further. Like, there's no huge. There's no question about that. Right. But for the most part, folks in that area seem to associate with Dallas teams. But I also do think that, like, 
at least from my experience in King of the Hill, ah. Oklahoma and Texas aren't exactly like jumping at the chance to root for the other one. Uh, well, like in college football? No, you know not I mean. in college football for sure. There's some regional pride going but, on there. No, but... No, y- I mean, it's just a market that they're you're, in. You're, you're doing a like, bit. Like, there's Orioles fans in Virginia kind of thing. You correct. Know? There were Orioles fans in North Carolina. Right. There were Orioles because it was the team. It was the, the team that was close. There were pl- plenty of people in North Carolina that were Braves fans, too. It was the closest team there were. The games might be on TV. Whatever it is, they find themselves rooting. Or the team was good once upon a time. And yeah, I root for, it I was, root for the Wizards when I was younger. I, there are plenty of people still to this day that root for the Capitals or the Wizards. I mean, a lot that root for the Capitals, fewer that root for the Wizards. Well, they've earned hard, the Wizards. Are so hardly good, anyone yeah. in D.C. that roots for the Wizards. It is what it is. Who's their, who's their head coach going to be? Uh, some people have suggested Sam Cassell, and I, that'd be very neat. But, uh, I mean. He's not married to Neil Long. That's true. Uh, whereas, and I wish I could pronounce his name, the new coach of the Celtics. Yep, I won't is, try. And, yep, uh, 100%. Don't, not going to do that. I know that much. We're not going to go for that. Um, so yeah, it's not going to be the NBA or NHL. Jay Williams. Yeah, that is an all-time. That it, is truly I mean, really an all-time is. Jay, combo punch. Jay Williams, who the sentiment of his original tweet was good. Just didn't need the first part. No, the no the first part was the. No, no, no. He didn't need the first half of the first tweet. You but know, the, the it tweet, could have still been the same sentiment. He the sentiment was good. The fact was just wrong. Like the sentiment what was, he was very wrong. What what he was trying to say was a good thing, like someone earning, Correct. paying their dues right. to but become a head is coach. Deserving. Yes, that's he is a qualified and that, deserving. Uh, and, and comparing it, the unspoken part of that being, no offense, comparing of it to a Jason Kidd, a Steve Nash, sure. anybody who just got a Correct. head coaching job without ever earning a head coaching job, and his point being that again is unspoken. That tends to happen with white coaches more than it happens with black Jason coaches. Kidd Jason Kidd being an sure, exception, yes. yes, being an exception to that rule. But Steve Kerr, for everything he did, was not a an assistant coach. Correct. He did not go any other route. He he was a GM at one point. He did the front office route. But he got a job based specifically on being a player and mm-hmm. being – there are more white coaches no that get that opportunity immediately without having been assistant coaches, without having earned that role sure. – than black coaches yeah, do. There and was that's, some validity to his statement. And, and, then and that's the thing. The thing is, that's why it's so damn frustrating that he's going this route, because if he just said, hey, I goofed, yeah, yeah, if he missed it, forgot he about suggested that this was going to be the first African-American <laughs> coach in Boston Celtics history, which it's it's not even the second. <laughs> it's not uh, even the third. No. I mean, it's it's – it's, it's the fourth. It's so far think, off. Right? Yeah, I think that. Well, I yeah, can. Casey Jones, Casey Jones, Bill, Bill Russell, Russell, Doc Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe that. I'm, I'm maybe we are forgetting. Somebody yeah, correct. Else, right? I don't know. Those are the ones I can name. But uh, uh, it's so far it's off. It's understandable. He's got hacked, you know. So instead of just saying, "Hey, my bad, <laughs> screwed up, sorry, Chief," really f that up. But the point remains. Right. I'm really glad he's qualified that someone. Or, you know, paid their dues, earned their way into being a head coach. Instead, he went with, I got hacked. And this guy that hacked me, let me just yeah. say, he really respects this guy's of resume all, as a coach. All of the things. Of all of the things. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> anyway. it, was a, it was an all-timer. Yeah, it definitely was, it was an all-timer. It was quite a day on Twitter yesterday. There's a couple, three okay. tweets that really were competing. There was the RG3. 
Oh, I didn't. I gotta be honest. With you, I didn't pay any attention to the RG three tweet. He's uh, just keeps digging. He really keeps. I just digging. don't. I, I mean this nice way possible. I don't care either. I don't but it's just like, what are him. you doing, man? Just take it easy. You're I like, aren't you getting offers to go and be a commentator? Shouldn't you I'm probably not, lay low a little bit? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And I then just, there was the Darren Rovell. Oh, the Darren Rovell. But come on, man. That's <laughs> I know. that's what he does. I know. But then he. Backed I was up. so confused by it. Like I was, like I'd spent ten minutes saying. Is there is there a point here? Like, right. is there something here? This can't just be tone deaf, right? Like, he didn't think it was. He oh was like, <laughs> God, oh my God, man. Yeah, it was quite a day. <sighs> anyway, um, I don't care. I don't care about any of it. I still think the Jay Williams one was the. I think that was the top dog one, only because of the the follow up about him being hacked. It really I mean, was. Oh, it was definitely it was a it was a home it was a home friggin' run, man. It was a home friggin' run. All right, so what I want to know from you today on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, today's Think Tank is brought to you by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. What I want to know from you is what do you want? Again, it ain't going to be the NBA or NHL, so what do you want? What's something we haven't had? And this... This, by the way, is specifically why I feel trepidation. It's not because I'm being defensive of the Royal Farms Arena. It's I'm, just hard I'm to not. come up with an answer. What I'm saying is what haven't we had that you so badly want sports-wise, because that's what we do here sports-wise, in a new facility? Now, somebody would argue it ain't just sports. That, frankly, we've had all the concerts. We've had all the, like, tell me who hasn't been here. You 2 has been here. Maybe Paul McCartney hasn't been here. Like... Jay, uh, Jay-Z never played the arena. He played the stadium. Did he play the arena? Beyonce I did. feel like I... No, I saw Lil Wayne at the arena. Did I see Jay-Z at the arena at some point? No, no, no. Why do I feel like I've... I've never seen a concert there, for what's worth. Oh, how is that a thing? I didn't really go to any concerts when I was younger. Just oh, the nice. fact of the matter. My first concert was when I was in a freshman in high school. I saw nice. Wu-Tang at a Virgin Fest. Well, that's a, you act like that... Like that's, but I didn't that's like still it pretty like young I, age. It's not like I was like, that was the beginning of me going yeah, to all Jay-Z these concerts. Played, I did see Jay-Z. At, uh, Drew and I went to Jay-Z at the arena. I do remember that now. It was over a decade ago at this point, but we did do that in like 09 or something along those lines. And then I remember going to, I remember going to Lil Wayne and I was helping, my buddy Jay Trucker was reviewing it for The Sun and he called me. He said, hey dude, I need someone to help me with the names of the songs because I'm reviewing the show for The Sun can you go with me? And I was like, hell yeah. At the time in my life, I knew all the names to all the Lil Wayne songs until I realized I did not know all of the names to all of the Lil Wayne songs. Well, was he songs. playing like his deep cuts also? He was like going, mixtape stuff He was also? going a little bit that way. I mean, I'd probably only missed like four or five. Like I knew I was really heavy. There was a point where I was living in an apartment. Or no, we were living. I don't know where we were down living. by the river. Was- and I would have like a rule that if I put on a blunt blowing, everybody in the house had to sing along. Like or you or you were out. Yeah, it was a great. Team. I mean, I was a, the Carter Carter two were the ones that I liked yeah, sure, best. I but then he I, just started doing every I, song that ever was made, and I was right. Like, there I was a lot of that. There was a lot <laughs> of that going on. Um. So, but and generically, sports wise, I want to know what is it that we haven't had that you want out of a new arena? And I ask that question not because I'm not trying to argue against it. I absolutely think that even for the events that we get, even if it means no nothing that we wouldn't have gotten anyway. It's better for the city, for the location, to not be a blight. It's better for the city as a whole for there to be luxury boxes, for there to be the amenities that you're looking for to bring more money in, to 
to have more people want to travel to Baltimore for an experience. These are esoteric things that might not help the average Baltimorean. It might have no impact on you whatsoever. But someone else bringing their money in for an event because they can rent a skybox at an arena for a Jay-Z concert and come entertain their clients and spend money at hotels while they're here, maybe spend some money at a nice restaurant downtown, at perhaps a strip club, whatever it is. Hey, it's a family show. I, I mean, people, believe it or not, people go to strip clubs, whatever it is. A, another club, if you will, a, a dancing club. Disco club. A discotheque, yeah. yes. They, that's where they spend their money. These are all good things. And if that's something that wasn't happening when the show has been at the building before because there hasn't been that type of entertaining area that can happen moving forward, that's good for everyone. It doesn't affect Joe in Essex in any way. It doesn't really impact... He might be more likely to go to the strip club. I don't know if the strip club part's going to change based on whether or not there are luxury boxes at the arena. I think Joe in Essex is going to go whether or not... Maybe he's, you don't know that. You think there's somehow a correlation. What if there's a really good restaurant right. now installed in the Royal Farms Arena? So okay. he eats at the restaurant, but he wouldn't have been downtown otherwise, so he's going to the strip club after. That's stimulation in many maybe, different ways. Maybe. <laughs> a lot of stimulation going on maybe, there. Maybe, but it's a reach. Like I bet your, your back hurts you a little bit. got to pay extra for that. Yeah, I bet that's, a, that's quite the reach. Uh, um. So so give me the – and when I ask this question, I'm not saying this is why I don't think it should happen. I definitely think it should happen. I just genuinely want to know. I genuinely want to know what's not been at the arena sports-wise that you would want from a new arena if you're willing to accept that it's not going to be the NBA or NHL. Now, somebody might point out maybe they'll, come, they'll bring back uh, Wizards or Capitals preseason games that they tried here a few years ago. The ice melted, so they couldn't keep doing the Capitals thing here. I just don't think there was much interest in the Wizards thing. So that's why I don't – that doesn't really do anything for me, frankly. I I can't fathom someone taking their time to attend a preseason hockey or basketball game. I just well, – I'll, never, sorts, I'll right? never understand that. I mean, it's one thing to go to a – they take a trip down to Florida to go to minor league baseball games because you get to go down to Florida or you get to go to Arizona and – you know, and there's still people who want to see a preseason football game, whether they know it doesn't matter or not, right? E- like even that, I get it. Even that, oh, I mean, you know how I feel about it, I but know. I'm saying even to the that that's over. I mean, it's been very clear in recent years that people might go for a little while because they got nothing better to do that night. But even that is over. Like, and the NFL knows it, and that's why they're trying to get rid of the preseason because they know it's it's over. It's just over. You can't milk that the way that you used to be able to and convince people that they were actually seeing something. I've got nipples, Greg. It's over. Well, yeah, can you milk me? Um, Lou, uh, I want to see the blast return there. I think the CQ Arena is simply too small a venue. Maybe another minor league hockey team at a remodeled arena would be good, too. That's a... That's a good argument. I know that people are going to like scoff at that. I mean, it's something I thought about. But that's a good argument. I just don't know how prevalent they are. I mean, there are a lot of minor league teams in hockey, right? And there's a lot of minor league teams in hockey that do well within their market. Now, look. They're normally smaller towns, aren't they? Like they, oh, Hershey? They're t- they're t- yeah, typically, except for the fact that, like, Indianapolis. I mean, they, they, you know, in the same way, I it's not all that dissimilar to there are major league markets that don't have baseball teams but have AAA teams, mm-hmm. and they do well. Charlotte, Buffalo, Indianapolis. These are... Well, prof- Buffalo has a major league team. What do you mean? Buffalo has a major league team, right? Oh, right now. Thank you. Thank you. Great point. They, uh, at the moment, they are hosting a major league team. 
These are these are major league cities in professional sports that have minor league baseball teams, and they do well. They do well because the the burden's not all that much, right? Like it's you got to fill. So the, the the problem would be if you build an eighteen thousand seat arena, the return, you're you're not going to get eighteen thousand people coming out to a minor league hockey game. Like that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe the first game you're going to get sixteen thousand right, people, something like that. that. Well, you might, you might, you might. I get mean, like for the f- if that's the opening of the building, right? I don't know it's what it a would minor take league for, hockey game. I don't know what it would take for them to like endear themselves to the community in such a no, way. No, you, but you don't. You have no idea what because you, you don't know about how beloved the Skipjacks were. You have no clue. Like the Fair. Skipjacks were a really big deal in town. Now I'm not overselling that. I'm not trying to suggest they were. You know, you you could have sustained selling out a building every night for the Baltimore Skipjacks. The Skipjacks mattered in town. It was it was a thing. People were into it. People do like hockey. Um, so I'm not. I do think that a minor league team could work. Now the problem is you'd want to play into it being Capitals fans here, and the Capitals have a great association with Hershey and. I don't think they'd be interested in giving that up. How many minor league teams does each franchise have? I think like three, but you wouldn't want to go to a low. You you wouldn't want to go to a level lower than the AHL. In this market, you couldn't go to a low a level lower than that. It just you'd be just it'd be it'd be hockey for the sake of hockey. Those teams similar to baseball, where like it's not necessarily about wins and losses as much as it's about development. It's the community. It's the no. It's definitely not about wins and losses. Although the only difference being when a when a team in that at the AHL level pursues a Calder Cup. It becomes a thing. It becomes a real. Remember the Bay Sox won the Eastern League a few years ago, and like when they got to the championship series, it seemed like it kind of mattered for a second. Um, this when a when a minor league team is making a push for the Calder Cup, which is what they call it at mm-hmm. the HL level, that's a that's a real thing that touches a little bit. Um, sometimes, in fact, a player might be returned to the level in order to help compete for the Calder Cup. So I think minor league hockey would be, you know, we haven't had it. Again, keep keeping expectations in order and understanding it ain't. it's not going to make a, a huge economic difference, but it does put an event downtown more frequently than we have some sort of event. I agree. The blast thing, again, is it going to make a significant difference to the city? You know, we had the blast forever. But would I rather them be playing downtown for when I take, a, like I've dealt with that with CQ Arena. When I've got young kids, they can use a little bit of space to move around. Like being confined is not a great thing. And the blast draw quite, quite well at CQ Arena because they had to downsize their crowds. I think it'd be a good thing. I don't know where the relationship is between the city and uh, Ed Hale, I don't know if that's ever going to be tenable again, that they could play downtown anywhere, even in a new building, but sure. Ivan points out we've only ever had the one UFC event. Would love to see the city get more involved with those. Yeah, I mean, fighting yeah. and stuff and boxing and all that would be... Well, I mean, we have the Javante Davis. I mean, again, these aren't things we haven't had. Correct. We've had them. We had... But would it be more appealing? Like, would it be a destination maybe for... Um, other boxers that aren't dramatic. Like, would uh, would they bring fights? To I think Baltimore I think it's really that this doesn't happen. Fights tend to happen in very specific places, I agree, right? Like Vegas, Vegas and, Atlantic yeah. City. Yeah. I know Atlanta's kind of become a weird. But it's about what you like. You can incentivize people to bring fights to your city by changing the cost, right? Like, 
the reason it's in Vegas and Atlantic City, aside from the fact that they are, you know, degenerate cities to an extent, is like they have made it favorable financially to bring the fights there. Yes, and there also is in line with betting. It's also in line typically with a casino. But if there's now yes, sports betting if, in the state, and is if that, one of the casinos now would they be having they sports have, betting at Royal Farms Arena? Would that be a possibility? I would think that. I mean, given the fact that they made so many, you know, they they offered so many licenses, I would assume that Royal Farms or, or a new arena would right. absolutely want to get one of those licenses and open a sports book in the building and the whole deal. I would absolutely imagine. That would be the case in a new arena for sure. Um, and yes, you know, uh, John, you're right. There's some of the things that we're talking about are, are events that we have had. Now, somebody's argument, well, I would like them more frequently. Right. And that's, that's, it's easier said than done. You want There's, them to be The idea that the UFC the is going to be coming to any city with that frequency when everyone is competing is kind of silly. But I think that in the sense now, of like... For I know that they've hosted tournament games before, right? But you yes, would... they're not in the rotation, right? And if the idea being, I would like for Baltimore to be in the rotation for the NCAA tournament every five to six years. Sure, yes, that is that is something you get again. It's not drastically changing anything, but if you're gonna have a building, it's something you can compete for. And you have and you other tournaments that are hosted that aren't the NCAA tournament right, but a, lot, it's still a few the people a few people have brought up the Big 10 tournament as being a possibility i i i'm hard pressed to fathom it but sure you could at least dip your toes in those i mean the Big 10 tournament doesn't go to a lot of play. they went to DC the one time in order to say like hey we you know we we're, we're coming to Maryland we're doing that bit um they're going to try to typically keep it to Chicago Indianapolis like why couldn't more. this host also wrestling national championships or gymnast like you know like there are other tournaments that are held in collegiate yeah, I, I mean senses. i don't know enough about those events no surely they, you're they lucky for you stay, i do yeah that uh, they stay in the same place like for example the u.s olympic swim trials for whatever reason like that would have been a great event to have had in baltimore once upon a time because you know who? yeah um they're just they're in omaha that's where they do them Omaha's i don't got everything i don't know what the story is i don't know why that's the case but that's it's like the first four in basketball they do the swim trials in Omaha. That's the spot for them. Can't, I don't have an answer for you. Don't know why that's 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 a thing. Um, Nick Kelly points out that it, it might not just be the first rounds of the NCAA tournament, that maybe with a new building you could compete for the <laughs> middle rounds, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. Capacity could be still a problem, right? I, yeah, I don't think so, I guess is all I would say about that. What do you think that? the most they could, they could up the capacity to would be? What is it currently? I, I, it's like I don't, we don't know enough about that. We don't. We have no idea how far they're willing you'd to go. You'd have to build up, right? Like it's you'd, not. You'd as have if to build up, or or you'd have to to get rid of a road on one side or the right. other, right? Like there is a little bit of room to build out, but they're talking on about the how left, big, like behind it. If you're talking about, like, yeah, on this on the on the that side, weird little, is that Howard Street? Is that going down Cathedral that turns into whatever it is? Yeah, right. There is a little bit of room over there that they could build out onto that side that that loading area that's right. existed um but not a ton i mean it's not a ton of room for you to build out unless you're getting rid of unless you're otherwise altering the landscape of downtown right like if you were it's not as if that is really that used right like nobody's it's used for parking it's used for transportation it's used for no you're talking about that i'm saying going even further i mean going towards yeah, you. you know like the mechanic i'm talking about not n that part of it, yes, absolutely. You can get rid of that. I'm saying like you have to cut into Fayette and all that. Yeah, you'd right. have to you'd have to really reimagine the traffic 
snarl of downtown in order to make this work and and figure out how you're going to do it. If only we had you can also cars in Baltimore. So yeah, I mean. right. You could also, and this is the other. You say build up. You can also build down, right? Yeah. Like, but okay. I mean, there's a pretty famous stadium I'm aware of that uh, fields a little bit below ground level. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's that's very common in when it comes to buildings. Like, it's it's very common to go down. Uh, in order to pull these things off. Now, can you do that in a renovation? I don't know. I don't know enough about this. Right. The can, scope of it. Right. Can you... Like, what is a renovation? I, Does I, renovation involve complete, uh, nearly complete demolition and rebuilding? All right. This, you know? And if, that, if that's what it is, I'm fine with that. In fact, I would probably prefer it. I don't know what part of the current building... Would be worth would be, keeping, really. It, like, the shape is the biggest issue. You can't have this effing box shape for a building. It's a disaster. You need to have a circular or obular or whatever thank you, you building in order to make this work and have the sight lines be correct so you know i think john brought that up earlier as well I, i'm not there is nothing about like the the structure of the building there's nothing even particularly nostalgic needs, about it either right like i mean there is nostalgia i mean this is like let's be fair the but the, like you get what i'm saying right like you when i think of royal farms arena there's nothing particularly that comes to mind specifically I th- I about think you, the building. I think you feel that way as a sports fan. Like, okay, the concourse with all the pictures of the concerts and yes. all that's neat. I enjoy that. Yes. But that could be preserved. The pictures, no, correct. Right. I <laughs> but I'm saying you're dismissing the nostalgia factor. I'm saying there's there's lots of nostalgia, but you can basically say, that, like, the, the, you can do the bit that as they're pretending like this Yankee Stadium is just the other Yankee Stadium for the most part, yeah. right? Like, you can do that. You can you can accomplish that and keep the nostalgia of the building and say this was the same location mm-hmm. where these things occurred while utterly getting rid of the building. That can be done. Now, in the press release, they talked a lot about the concourses and the need to expand the concourses, and so I'm trying to figure out how you can do all of these right. things like in, in the, the location that you're at, which they think is a big deal to be at that location. KZ, um, KZ says Monster Jam, and again, John points out, we've had Monster Jam. That has... Not been a thing that we've been missing over the years. How recently? I don't know. How would I know that, but Kyle? You're a big Monster Jam guy. I actually know that my my cousin took his kids to Monster Jam a few years Never ago, went. so it hasn't been that long ago. Um, and yeah, John also points out there is a, there's a lot of professional wrestling history in that building as well. Ron Simmons became the first ever African American World Heavyweight Champion. Um, no, I know. And it was a it's a big that was a big deal that transcended. Um, pro wrestling that was a very big deal there is lots of despite the fact that it's not sports related history there is lots of history in that building and that's all well and good but it doesn't mean that you need to keep any of the structure you need to keep none of the structure of the royal farms arena in doing this continue to get me responses at glenn clark radio on twitter um We'll continue to talk about it, and again, Colin Tarbert's going to join us here in just a few minutes to talk about, like, practically, what's next, how does this work, what do we need to do, all of those sorts of things. The word is that it's all privately funded, so... $150 million, right? And that's what it's going to cost. I just still don't... I really also don't know you how you... also think if you were rebuilding, it would cost more than that. Correct. And $150 million to me doesn't seem like it's going to do enough for me to, like, think that this is... This comes off as a bit of a disappointment to me if it really only costs $150 million. Like, I I don't I don't know. Cost of lumber right now. You know, it's like four, four fences. Oh, I don't think this could happen for some time. Yeah, like, I don't think this is happening for a very long time because the costs absolutely have to go back down. 
Um, but I, I just this comes off as a lipstick on a pig thing, which is fine. Like good they, looking pig. I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't put more lipstick on a pig, but I don't know that it solves the problem. Pig's been working hard. Thank you. I'm not trying to. It's a lovely pig. I'm not trying to knock the pig. It's a damn fine pig. It is. I ate it on Saturday. It was a hell of a pig. I had a tasty dinner last night. Went, went out to eat Wonderful. Delicious. Wonderful. Didn't I'm, have any I'm, pig. I'm happy to hear it. I don't I don't actually care. But oh, thanks. Sure. I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. There was I, a nice duck flatbread, duck confit flatbread with a nice pear uh, balsamic reduction. That was tasty. It was really tasty, Len. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome. So that's what we've got. That's what we got. We've also got the Orioles lost again. Mm-hmm. Basketball was fun. Uh, the basketball was fun. Trey Young is a damn delight, man. I I don't. This is what we were talking about with David Steele yesterday. These are exciting players that you're getting to watch. Imagine being disappointed in the opportunity to watch more Trey Young. Well, the ratings have been incredibly high. So well, these people they, who are uh, people are spinning that. They haven't been lower. Let's put it that way. But remember, last year were the worst ratings because they did it in football season. But even still, what are they compared to two years prior? Right? Like I, mean, I, I don't think there is. I don't know because nobody's sharing that. We're all overreacting to the comparison that's being made to last year's ratings when no one was watching because it was happening in a bubble. And it was happening when football was being played, so I I would need to know more information before I you know run with that before I pretend like it. The comparison to last year is a disastrous comparison. That was that was a horrendous horrendous situation for the NBA, no matter who was involved, because they were literally putting the NBA Finals on up against NFL games, and they got their ass handed to them in that circumstance. So this year was always going to be better just because they weren't going up against the NFL. That's a, you know, believe it or not, you don't want to do that in America. It don't work that way. Or even college football when the games are being played on Saturday. You don't want to go up against football. But yes, Trey Young was a joy. Uh, I'll watch Trey Young all the time. Love me some Trey Young. Um, the Orioles, not so much. Yeah, believe it or not, I don't think Thomas Eshelman is a major league pitcher. I know that's stunning news. I know you guys are floored by that. But I just have a funny feeling that Thomas Eshelman will not prove to be a major league starting pitcher. It is what it is. The Orioles now move on. Back to the road where the streak is still alive. What is it, 19 right now? I thought it was 18. Might be right. Orioles well, the Diamondbacks is over, so we got to get to 20. They won a road game? 24. I yeah. thought they won at home. I think they won a road game, did they not? You were, by the way, it is 19. It is 19. Uh, 19. Do, 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 the Diamondbacks road losing streak. Trying to pull this up. Road losing um, streak. Diamondbacks won at home. They lost, lost, lost. In the yeah, they're, they're at 23. Damn it. Yeah, they're at 23. So we got a ways to go to catch up with that. And I think they're back out on the road today as well. Got to stop the bleeding first. Uh, Diamondbacks schedule. They are, yeah, they're at, oh, no, not today. So the Orioles could, they get a Make free one today. Game, yeah. They can get closer. Then the uh, Diamondbacks are at the Padres. You never know. Coming off a coming off a sweep over the Dodgers. You never know. It's nice. Like the letdown of having. I I stayed up to watch every. I stayed up last night. I, I stayed up. Not. Manny Machado made an incredible play to end the game. Uh, caught a hot liner and fired it over to second base. Turned double play to end the game. It was uh it was entertaining stuff, man. It was entertaining stuff. The Orioles are not entertaining, but other things in sports. Very entertaining. The Diamondbacks or the the Diamondbacks are definitely not one of them. The uh the the Padres and Dodgers this week entertaining. The College World Series has been unbelievably entertaining. 
Vanderbilt rallying for two in the bottom of the ninth uh, last night in order to eliminate Stanford and keep their hopes alive. Very entertaining. The hockey was phenomenal last night. Overtime between the Islanders and the Lightning. There's going to be a seventh game in that series. Lots of highly entertaining things. Just not the Baltimore Orioles is what it is. We'll come back in. We'll talk more about the arena situation. Colin Tarbert is the president and CEO of the Baltimore Development Corporation. We'll find out all of these things. These We'll get these answers to these questions that we've got. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it Watch out! First time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms 
but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenn Clark Radio.com. Nothing but net. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This Sunday is Tucker Fest. We've been waiting. It's finally here. It's going to be an amazing day. Free family fun event at Jerry's Toyota. Now, if you want to meet the greatest kicker of all time, you do have to get your meet and greet passes. You go right now to grade8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight. Great8smemorabilia.com in order to get them. But everything else, you can just show up, put your purple on, have a great day celebrating. Dunk Tank, Jeremy Kahn's hopping in that. Cornhole Tournament, live music, Joey Harcum, Dave Teef. It's just going to be an awesome day. Food trucks, lots of other events. I mean, it's just an awesome event. But again, if you want to meet Justin Tucker, get your meet and greet passes right now. Great8smemorabilia.com, and it's all going to benefit the Brigance Brigade. Look forward to seeing you at Tuckerfest this coming Sunday. Some news this week related to the future of Royal Farms Arena and the hopes that uh, we will finally move into the uh, 21st century, if you will, when it comes to a downtown facility. Joining us now, the president and the CEO of the BDC, the Baltimore Development Corporation. It's a pleasure to welcome Colin Tarbert into GCR. Colin, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Colin, it's great to chat with you. Really appreciate you doing this. I know you're not going to be able to answer everything for us because this is still an active conversation that you guys are having. But can you just sort of lay out maybe the timeline for how we got to the point that we are at least this far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's been a long time coming, so I don't think we have time to go through the whole Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe not the 50 years. I'm trying to get that. a new arena in Baltimore, but uh, to kind of bring up uh, all the listeners to speed, you know, for probably at least 15, maybe 20 years, uh, the city's been trying to figure out how to uh, bring the current Baltimore Arena, those of you might know it as the Civic Center, uh, which was built in 1961, uh, up to you know modern-day standards and, and future-proof it. So um, last year, during the pandemic, um, we, we put out, BDC put out a request for proposals in November uh, for that site. Uh, we had made the determination that we think the current site is really the best site for an arena in Baltimore. It's worked well for uh, you know, 60 years or so, uh, and we think it can work for the next 60 years. But clearly, uh, the building, interior and exterior, uh, needs a lot of love. Uh, so we put that request out, and uh, we've got three really strong responses from kind of the top companies in, uh, in, the, in the U.S., if not globally, who do these types of projects. And uh, took a lot of time to review them, uh, took a lot of time to, to think through 
who the best strategic partner was going to be. And then, uh, as you saw yesterday, the mayor uh, gave BDC the go-ahead to work with Oakview Group. I want to make people make it. People need to know the BDC is the city, essentially, right? Like, I just want to make sure that people are unaware. Um, you guys are are working on behalf of the city. That's right. Yeah, we uh, technically are five hundred one c three organization, but our sole client uh, is the city of Baltimore. So we function as the uh, city's economic development uh, lead, and so our our goal here is really to drive investment, job creation in Baltimore City. Okay, so lots of stuff that I have for you, Colin, and, and, and you know, anything that you say, hey, you know, I just, I don't have something for you, I'll completely understand on that. So, but let me start here. Can, can this be done? Can this facility and the number that's being thrown around, $150 million, can that really bring the Royal Farms Arena to a place where it can compete amongst the bigger facilities in the United States of America. That's absolutely the goal and the intent and what we uh, are working to achieve. So um, 150 million, it could be up to 200 million. Uh, you know, we'll know that once we get into the design work, um, that's not a small amount of money. Um, and we believe that the type of investment that Oakview group is looking to make and the enhancements they're looking to make is going to put the Baltimore arena uh, as the key destination for, in particular, entertainment uh, on the East Coast. And we'll be able to compete with any of the other modern arenas uh, in our region or even nationally. Uh, so we do think it's possible. Um, the reason why that's possible is because despite the age of the Baltimore Arena, the structure of it uh, is actually very good shape. It's a concrete building. It's got a, a very uh, elaborate roof structure, which is in good shape. Uh, and so some of the, the key elements and in infrastructure from a structural standpoint, um, they don't need to be redone. And that's really kind of the key to pulling off this project. A new arena could cost you anywhere from 400 to $500 million. Uh, those numbers really just don't make sense for this market. But being able to cut that number by a third or half and use the existing building infrastructure, which brings value to the project, allows us to get a state-of-the-art arena at a much, a much less uh, cost. You allude to what makes sense for this market. I assume we, we can work under the assumption that this is not, hey, we're doing this um, with the uh, imagining that there's going to be a like a NHL or NBA tenant involved in a remodeled downtown arena. I think that's right. Um, you know, a lot of people bring up the number of seats when you talk about having uh, NHL or NBA. My view on it is... Um, Renovating our arena and bringing it into uh, the 21st century, as you said, uh, actually enhance any chance that we have of ever getting a team. But given the nature of uh, sports franchises and how they're controlled and the fact that there's uh, two uh, close by down the street, uh, so yep. to speak, probably limits our chances. Uh, and really what we're focused on is designing this as the key destination for entertainment, the concerts, the family venues. But not to rule out sports, obviously CIAA is coming. We're yep. super excited about that. Uh, I think we could get other tournaments and other sporting events uh, at the arena. He's Colin Tarbert. He's the president and CEO of the Baltimore Development Corporation. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Colin, and, and I bring that up, and I, and I want to admit something to you. I, I feel trepidation, right? I'm 37 years old. This has been an issue for the entirety of my life, right? And we've had, we've had moments 
where, um, you know, we, we felt like there was progress being made in the past, and then that kind of went away. Why why is this different this time? If there's not the carrot of, hey, this has to get done because we've got to have a facility ready for an NBA team or something like that, why, why is this different than past times where it appeared as though progress was being made towards finally addressing the arena issue? Yeah, the big difference here is we've got a extremely capable group who's passionate about Baltimore, uh, and they have the funding uh, to do this project. Uh, in previous attempts, it's really been the public sector, the business sector, you know, creating an idea or throwing out, you know, concepts. Uh, but the private sector in the past has never stepped up and said, we can do this. Uh, we want to do it. We're excited to do it. We now have that partner in Oakview, uh, Tim Lewicki, who is the uh, co-founder and the CEO got his start in Baltimore uh, at the arena, uh, working for the Blast. So he understands this market. Uh, he's really excited to be able to pull this off. And so, you know, fingers crossed, obviously there's a lot of work to be done over the next couple months and beyond, uh, but I feel really good about getting this done. You mentioned um, something about capacity a second ago. Is there an ideal capacity that you guys have in mind for a new, new building? Yeah, so, I mean, currently the arena is, is fairly small in terms of the overall marketplace. Um, I don't have the exact sort of figures at my fingertips of what it what it is, but it's probably a little over 11,000 fixed seats right now. You know, when you do a concert, you get the floor seating, but you lose some other stuff with the way the current stage is configured. And so you might get 12,000 plus or minus uh, type seats. Uh, our goal is to increase it by how much I think will will be uh, a bit of an exercise, but we do think we can get some additional seating in order to attract larger events um, for the arena. So hopefully we'll have some details on that as we emerge, but we do think we can increase the capacity uh, to, again, kind of bring the venue not only to be modern, but to have premium seating, suites, right. uh, sort of different opportunities and increasing the capacity will certainly make it more attractive to uh, different events. Can that be done, you know, structurally, right? Like without without upending downtown. Like I, I think about the space where you guys are, and I think one of the big problems. I, I, you know what? Let me take a step back, Colin. Can 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 we get rid of the box? Like, and and, and I don't mean this. I've got I have so many emotional thoughts and feelings about this building, but can I assume that doing this a priority would be? We need to have a more circular or, or oval structure for an arena just for the, the sake of seating. If we're going to do this, we, we can't be doing this to keep the facility as a box. It doesn't seem to work. Well, I, I'll be, you know, I'm pretty straight and candid. So I think, no, I think you're going to interiorize, you're, you're, we're going to reuse the bowl. So uh, you're going to, you might see some design elements, you know, a chamfer or something like that, but the, the trick to doing this and keeping uh, the cost at what we're estimating is that to reuse much of the concrete structure, the concourses, and, and the, the bowl, obviously it will all be upgraded, new seating, and that type of thing. What happens on the exterior, I think, is a huge opportunity. I think the current facility, if you look at it, uh, you know, it's got blank walls for the most part. The sidewalk in the public realm is not very inviting. you got surface parking all along. Uh, Hopkins Place on the east side of it. The idea is to make this a much more transparent uh, 
facility, which you do see on some of the new modern mm-hmm. structures. Uh, a lot of them are circular, uh, but you know they're glass. Uh, they have interesting lighting. They open indoor and exterior. And so those are the different ideas that uh, Oakview and, and the city are looking at doing to, to make this a much more inviting uh, facility instead of a, a big concrete box. Right. That's you know I just I just didn't feel like we could do this and and have it be worthwhile if it was going to stay that way. Um, I, so, you know, again, admitting that I want this to happen, right, time frame wise, you guys are going into negotiations. Is there an ideal time frame for you all? And and would it have to involve, I know this has been an issue in the past when we've had these conversations, would it have to involve shutting down the arena for a period of time in order to make this happen? Yeah, so right now we're we're basically negotiating uh, the details of what would be a, a lease management agreement uh, with Oakview Group, and so the first step is to make sure that we're all on the same page. Obviously, we have uh, what their intent is, and uh, we think that that's a, a good structure uh, for the city. We'll negotiate that. That has to get approved by the city through the Board of Estimates, and then once that happens, we'll really be able to develop the timeline. Um, part of it depends on um, the, the current existing contracts that are in place. Um, obviously, that 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 has to play out. Um, but we will. The intent is to absolutely close the arena and knock it out. Uh, we think that that's the most efficient way to do it, both from a cost standpoint and from a um, disruption to to downtown. And so uh, we would likely go dark, complete construction. Uh, and then reopen. But the timeline isn't years. Uh, it's it's maybe a year, uh, potentially even less, but that's a little bit uh, premature to, to guess until sure, we really have the structural and, and design elements. I get that. I get that. If I could go back to something you said, because I got a, a question from a listener about it, I think it's fair. Um, are, are, is what you're saying that you're we, we don't believe that there's going to be an NBA or NHL team coming, right? We're all on board with that. We don't believe that's that's practical. As you mentioned, the Leonsises are probably not interested in that being the case. Um, it doesn't seem. But based on what you said earlier, do you be- the building, if for whatever reason, five years down the road, an NBA team needs to move, is what you're saying that you believe the building would be viable should that option come up? Uh, I think it'll be it's well. It's much more viable than the current arena for sure. So well, that's yeah. sort of step one, right? That, but hang step on, that's not a, be, Colin. If we can be fair, that's not a great bar. <laughs> that's not a great bar. Fair yeah. enough. Um, so to answer the question, you know, it, it depends a little bit on the seating capacity. Right now, seating capacities for NBA teams uh, are sort of eighteen five to twenty thousand seats. I don't think that we'll be able to achieve that capacity. However, I say however. Those numbers are changing. So as sports bet comes on board, as other activities come on board, um, those seating capacities can can change. And so if that was to come down into the range that we ultimately uh, are able to achieve, then I think that the door is open. And we're not talking, you know, fifty uh, percent. We're we're talking probably in the in the ballpark. So I think it's a possibility. It's a better possibility than we've ever had before, in my opinion. But we're not counting on that, and right. the success of the arena isn't dependent on it. Right. Okay. And, and I and I certainly understand all that, and I still think it should happen despite that fact. I was just trying to to read in a little bit more to uh, to what you had said, um, uh, Colin. What what you know? How does this impact the city as a whole? And that's that's sort of obviously the venue itself. I mean the the area. In in reading about it, it seemed like 
there was maybe a little bit of priority to to try to also revitalize the area around the arena a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, kind of in the intro, we're the city's economic development uh, lead. And so, you know, what we want to do is drive investment and jobs. And so the west side of downtown, uh, in the area of the arena, our our department, uh, our partners, we've been working really hard to change the dynamic of that area. And so there's a whole series of key projects that either happened or in the process of happening around the arena that we believe are just going to be, you know, jump-started by this announcement. And so not unlike other cities, uh, maybe using D.C. as a local or closest analogy, the Verizon Center, it totally transformed the area. And so that's the type of catalytic investment that we think the arena is going to have. That combined with Lexington Market, which is, of course, under construction, will open early next year. We're working on a major project uh, one block away at Howard and Lexington, which has been a city-owned uh, almost an entire city block. We now have a developer for that. We've got through a few other uh, vacant properties that the city will be putting out for RFP through BDC okay. uh, in the coming months. We think it's going to be a really exciting area downtown, uh, and and kind of stabilize that whole area and take it to a whole new uh, a whole new level of entertainment and arts. Um, so we're really excited. All right, I, I got to pose this again, I, and this is fair. And I, I say this as someone who supports this, and I want to make that very clear. I support this. the The message that I'm getting back from from listeners as we're doing this is, if if um, if we're not going to build it to capacity that it could compete for that team, don't we run the risk of it being a miss that we did all of this work, and then we put ourselves in a position where you know we might have been better off just building a new arena five years from now when the opportunity came. To, to bring in a, an NBA or NHL franchise. What would the response be to that, Colin? Uh, my response is we've been trying to do that for the last 20 years, and you see what, we, what the results are. And I think so, that's fair. I do think that's fair. Yeah, so I, 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 think, uh, I think the time is now. Uh, I don't think we can afford to wait another five years, and fingers crossed. We've been doing that now for close to 20 years. Uh, we think this is de- definitely the right strategic move. Uh, and we can we can bring a lot more excitement to downtown by moving forward now than we can, you know, hoping that something might fall out of the sky. That's highly yeah, unlikely. Not likely. Yep. In, in industry experts. I, I don't disagree with that. All right, Kyle, where can people go to find out more about, you know, this process, what you guys are doing? Is there, you know, is there anything that, that people in the city can do to, like, say, hey, I support this, I want to put my name behind it? You know, like, what? What what can the average citizen do as you guys are going through this? Yeah, well, most of our stuff we put on social media. So if you want to uh, catch up on what BDC is doing, you know, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we also have a website, www.baltimoredevelopment.com. You can go there. We also send out a newsletter every uh, every two weeks on different things that's happening. So if you're just interested in what's happening in business and industry, you can sign up for our newsletter. And then I'd also encourage your listeners to look at www.baltimoretogether.com. That's our five-year strategic plan initiative. We'll be coming out in about a month or so with a whole new vision for where we want to drive this city in terms of economic growth and population growth. And so I definitely encourage your listeners to uh, to share their thoughts and their voice in that process. BaltimoreTogether.com, again, is the website and on Twitter at BDC Baltimore to find out more. 
Colin Tarbert, really appreciate taking the time to answer the questions for us. I, I feel as though we know a little bit more after this conversation. Thank you for doing this, and we'd love to talk to you more as this process continues to uh, develop, all right? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Colin Tarbert joining us, the president and CEO of the Baltimore Development Corporation. Uh, let me tell you that hour number one of today's show has also been brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Right now, 410-401. Oh, my gosh, I blanked on what the last four numbers were. 9797. I knew that. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. I assume I, – I, I pull the curtain back. We had to pre-record our conversation with Jordan Lawler. I'm just going to push it a couple of minutes. Okay. I want to respond to all of that because we're getting a bunch of, of responses on Twitter, and I, they're, they're fair. And For example, Brian brought up – and I was, these are some of the things that I was posing to Colin as you guys were asking them because I do think it's fair. Brian, when you say – so he's admitting they're not going to try and increase it to a professional-level arena, and they're accepting mediocrity. I, I, under- I think understanding limitations. I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I do think that that's a valid argument. That why are you why would you invest so heavily in a building that couldn't be an NBA or NHL? And Colin did all but say that that's going to be the case. Like he he left it up. Well, hey, you know maybe maybe capacity won't matter quite as much as. And there is something to be said for people have talked about right sizing facilities all over the country, but you still want to have the ability to put a certain number of people in for the biggest events, right? Like if you get the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a right-sized facility. You're going to be able to fill it up. You want to have the possibility of putting 20,000 people, essentially, in that building. Kansas City didn't have a team, but they built a 19,000-seat arena anyway. That would seem to me like what you would want to do. If the number's 15,000, I would say, I think that's a miss, but if somebody else said, well, it's that or nothing, this is how I negotiate with my kids, right? Like, I don't want to eat dinner. Okay, well, it's eat dinner or you go to bed for the rest of the night and you don't get to do anything tomorrow. Well, suddenly, I kind of, dinner doesn't sound so bad. I, I don't think Brian and somebody else um, responded. Uh, Dave, I don't think you guys are wrong. Ideally, if you're doing a facility, you do a facility that's big enough that it could be ready should the opportunity come to get that type of tenant. I don't inherently disagree with that. You admit that there won't be a lot of events that you can do that will fill that facility, but that you don't want to invest so much in a facility that wouldn't be ready for that type of tenant. To Colin's point... The likelihood of that tenant coming is so slim and you have an opportunity to do something now that's been much needed. Using public funds. Correct. Which can't be underscored. I don't think you can really. I mean, that's. Well, it essentially. Seems to have been a big hang up as far as how this has gone and not happened. Correct. In the past. Correct. That if you can do. We can do something. We can have something. And we don't have to go to the taxpayers about it. And we've been waiting decades to do it. Yes, I understand. It it feels... Iron's hot. Well, but I understand I mean, the like, people, they're going to feel like you're waving the white flag. Like, we, we're, we're not doing the thing that we should be doing, but 
doing something definitely is better than doing nothing. There's no debate about that. So I am, I'm, there is credence to your argument. But I don't think it means you don't do this. And as, you know, I'm not, I am not as enamored. Remember a few years ago, the idea was to move it to the other side of the convention center. Convention discussed, center. Yeah. To, to take it over to the flip side um, as if you were going towards Federal Hill. It was take it that way and build it on that side, but they couldn't, there was that little church they couldn't get. There were a couple of properties they weren't able to obtain that would have to come down in order to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. It I, also would have cost 400 to $500 million. Oh, it certainly, but right. remember that was when... Um, Oh God, Ack- Hackerman, Ackerman. What was the name of the guy? I wish I could remember. There, I mean, that's the most infuriating one because that guy was going to pay for everything, and that's I guess gone away. I guess that's no longer part of the conversation. I tried bringing that up with a couple of the uh, mayoral candidates that came in here, including uh, current Mayor Scott. I I guess that's just completely off the table. I don't know what the story is. I guess it's related to his family that that money is just gone. No longer an option for um, the city getting a building. I am. Um, I think I'm. 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 I. I'm more on board than I'm not. Right. I'm still trepidatious. I'm gonna be trepidatious. It's the nature of this conversation. I'm absolutely gonna be trepidatious. The belief is the Oakview Group and Kevin Durant's group are committed to making this happen. Cool. Cool. Bully. I like that. The city's committed to making it happen. That all sounds good. There will be people that will say, "This, if you weren't going to do it right, you shouldn't have been doing it. You shouldn't just... You sh- a lot of people said over the years, you should have always built a stadium. If you're going to build a football stadium in Baltimore, it should have always had a roof so that you could have pursued the biggest events that exist in the world, right? Like you could have pursued a Final Four. You could have pursued those types of things. You screwed up. You erred doing that. Football also, purists... No one, I don't know how many domes built in 1998 are still viewed as really high end. Um the one in the 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 the, the baseball stadium in Phoenix, the, ba- the it was more baseball stadiums than it was football stadiums at that point. Um the, the Detroit one was not that far off from that. The Detroit one was I just feel like as as we like every year it feels like the standard Well, yes, there's for, new and new right, 100% yeah. and like people that have built one around in Atlanta they built one around then and then built another one shortly thereafter, right? Like but they are they are regularly going for the most significant events in the world in Atlanta, right? Like that's the idea. That's that's the cost of doing business. I I I don't know what it would have gotten Baltimore, but would it have gotten us a Final Four? Maybe it might have at some point. Would it have gotten us other marquee events over the years? Perhaps. I I can't speak to that. A Super Bowl? No, would not have gotten Baltimore a Super Bowl. That I mean, somebody would say Detroit got a Super Bowl. Why couldn't Baltimore get a Super Bowl? It's about the hotel rooms. Don't I mean? They could do the bit that Indianapolis did where they just built a giant skyscraper hotel that I don't know how frequently gets used just in order to be able to, to get to the the number of rooms that were necessary in order to host a Super Bowl, but I, I don't think that was ever occurring here. I'm I'm more on board than not. I keep coming back to that. I'm trepidatious, but more on board than not. Uh, John from Little Rock. This sounds promising and long overdue for the city. I think it's a great project, no matter if sports are in the picture. Some things are bigger than sports. It's not public taxpayer funds being used. 
No, I agree. Uh, Paul, you know what I should have asked? Are they getting going to get rid of the built-in stage at the one end of the arena? I think we can make that assumption. I should have asked, but I think we can make the assumption that that will go away. Yeah. It has been an eyesore, and it has been problematic for some time. I think that assumption can be made that that will go away in this process. All right, when we come back in, we're going to meet uh, a man who, or a young man who might very well be the Orioles' pick. In fact, in um, most recent mock, in Jim Callis's, no, in Jonathan Mayo's most recent mock draft. There's a new one that just came out today as well. That's Callis yeah. today. But Jonathan Mayo's most recent mock draft, he had the Orioles taking Jordan Lawler, high school shortstop from Texas. Jordan Lawler will join us next. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein had a great conversation with two sports business experts, the professor Marty Conway and Andy Dolich, about the landscape of sports right now. You can find that by going to facebook.com slash pressboxsports or by clicking on the videos tab at pressboxonline.com. Stan shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. 
Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Hour number two of Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Today's show is also brought to you by the BMW Championship. I was uh, playing tennis with some friends last night, and my buddy Tim said, Hey, man, you going to the BMW? And I was like, Hell yeah, I'm going to the BMW. And then I said, I, 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 I don't really. I'm going to go, right, because it's a major event. I'm probably not quite as excited as you are about it. It's not my thing, but you know what I love? I love major events in Baltimore. I love things that help our economy. I love the idea of maybe there being a major championship in Baltimore one day. So let's start with the fact that you're going to see the 70 top golfers in the world at Caves Valley. That alone, if that was the only thing that was ever happening, that alone should be enough for you to go get your tickets right now at bmwchampionship.com. But add into the fact that everyone we've talked to has said this could be a bit of a test for this community and the preparedness to host something even more significant. I don't want to belittle the BMW Championship, which is one of the most significant events that golf has all year. Outside of the four majors, it's about as significant as it gets. But it could be a sign of something even more significant that could come. So get out support it. BMWChampionship.com again in order to get your tickets for the BMW Championship. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule as he's getting ready for the MLB draft, but a uh, young man who honestly could very well be the fifth pick in the MLB draft and could be a ne- your next Baltimore Oriole, Jordan Lawler. Let's take a listen right now here on GCR. Well, the MLB draft is coming up here in just a couple of weeks. We've been talking a lot about it here on Glenn Clark Radio. In fact, we had uh, Jonathan Mayo on just the other day from MLB.com, and he projected in his most recent mock draft that with the fifth pick in the draft, the Orioles would select our next guest. Joining us now, one of the top prospects in this draft. He is a high school shortstop out of uh, Jesuit down in Dallas and Texas. 
He's Jordan Lawler, and he's with us now here on GCR. Jordan, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Hey, Jordan, if I could just start here. Like, how, how nice is life these days for you, man? I'm sure there's a little bit of anxiety involved and, and nervousness, but you're, you're, you're a young man, you're, you're coming into your own, and, and the world's just kind of got to be your oyster right now, right? It's... Yes, sir. It's a fun life, I definitely say. And just focus on baseball and uh, kind of just enjoy what I'm doing right now. Enjoy the sport I love doing. That's awesome, man. Hey, when did you know? Like, can you, you know, pinpoint um, at some point in your life? I'm sure you always kind of dreamed of of what might be for you, but was there a point where it became real to you, like, that this is going to be what I do, like, I'm going to be a baseball player? I'd say it's hard for me to pinpoint that exact moment. I just feel like I've always kind of been a step ahead, per se, and uh, I just feel like I've, um, I'm have i really committed to what I've tried to do, and it's always been a goal of mine to be a professional baseball player. So uh, I feel like I don't want to say I've trimmed into possible existence, but... I feel like it's been expected of myself. Did, did you? Did you? I mean, like, was there an age where you knew baseball was the sport for you? Like, was it? Was it always baseball? Were there other sports when you were a kid, or or where did your love for baseball maybe come from? Yeah, from a young age, my mom put me in really any sport you could think of: baseball, basketball, football, track, uh, really anything. And over time, just baseball and basketball stuck a little longer, and those were the two sports I enjoyed the most. And then, uh, just as I got a little older. I really started to enjoy that competition, the one-on-one competition, whether it's at the plate or in the field. Hmm. And uh, I think that's why I love baseball so much. Was there like any moment where you just realized how good you were, that you were better than the average? You're like, man, I think I'm a little bit better at this than everybody <laughs> else is. <laughs> I'd say there's a couple tournaments when you uh, come home and you're maybe three for four, four for four <laughs> after a good day. And uh, you just feel like you're pretty good at baseball. But uh, baseball is a pretty honest game and it can humble you pretty quickly yeah it's for sure right hall of famers uh failed more than 50 percent of the time at the plate right (laughs) and they're the greatest players of all time that's the way that it works jordan lawler is with us here on glenn clark radio um uh, jordan um i've done a lot of research on you um what jumps out at me most is is your intelligence and i think everybody knows Mm -hmm. you are uh, committed to head to vanderbilt and that's a big part of of your life and um i I know a decision that you're going to have to make here coming up but where did the other side of this come from? You know, being a, a straight A student and and pursuing academics the way that you have. Where, where did that side of it come for you? In addition to being such a high level athlete, yeah, it all it all starts from my mom. From a young age, she's always been on me about staying in the classroom. And I think just elementary school through middle school, um, that mindset coming home and her talking about it uh, really etched in me the importance of um, education. And uh, I feel like. If you commit yourself to education on, and you do well in the classroom, I think it plays on the field as well. So uh, that commitment on both sides of the field or in the classroom, I feel like it just helps you as a person in the world. Can you give me like an example of that, like somewhere where you, know, you feel like it's benefited you in the game of baseball, just how much of a student you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, my love to learn and just my knowledge and really, let's say math per se, like, geometry and different angles balls coming off the bat sure uh, like different angles to get to routes and all that kind of thing so i think uh, math is big for baseball you may not realize it but um subconsciously you're definitely doing it that's interesting that's really a fascinating thing 
Um, you, you mentioned your mom a couple of times, um, and I've read a little bit about that relationship. In fact, I was reading about you guys working out together during quarantine. Yeah. For, for people that don't know about what you were doing, can can you yeah. run? I, I know you know here you're a guy that like just wants to play baseball, right? Like you uh-huh. got all these opportunities yeah. in front of you. Um, what were you doing, and how was your mom helping out to try to keep you sharp during that time where you weren't able to do organized stuff? Yeah, at the start of the pandemic, she was going in for work, uh, but on shorter hours. So at night, she'd come home. And then five days a week for probably a month or so, uh, we just could add it, really, in our living room. We had bands, uh, different dumbbells, different plates we could use. So really anything we found, we tried to use. And uh, it was successful. But we had a little plan. We went by, and uh, we got to work. So it started there, working out together, um, pushing each other, and then even working on my glove work and uh, just toss three balls in the living room. Um, really, all that we were able to work on together. So, so I it was, was just a great time to go. This is fascinating to me when I was reading about this. You you would be sitting like on the couch, still just like, what, what, I mean, were you guys like sitting around watching, you know, American Idol or something? Like, wait, wait, what were you? How were you just tossing a ball around on the couch? Yeah, so she'd be on the couch. I'd be on my on the floor on my knees um, in a fielding position, and we'd have we always have sports on. So whatever okay. game was on or. Uh, whatever sports network would be on, we'd be watching in the background. But yeah, she just get the bucket of balls and start tossing, and uh, we just get to work. Yeah. So what do you do for fun then, Jordan? <laughs> like this is the <laughs> like if if you are literally so committed that you're spending even moments when you're sitting in your <laughs> living room working on yeah. baseball, what do you actually do for like fun to try to be a kid every now and then? Hey, yeah, uh, really playing any sport I can find with my friends uh, whenever we have some free time. And then uh, I love economics and finance, so uh, learning, looking into that, diving into that. Um, and then I love music. I played the trumpet in middle school. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I love to play uh, the trumpet. Is it it's something that you stuck with since then? I do, yeah. I don't play it as much as I did, but yeah, but it, I do. It must be nice to have skills, man. <laughs> it must be really nice to have talent and things that you do well. The rest of us are sitting around like, I'm trying to make it work just talking, and I'm struggling that way. Jordan Mahler is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio again as we're getting ready for the MLB draft. He's one of the top players. Um, uh, Jordan, you know, I, 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 you sound like a young man who's probably got some humility, but you know how this works, right? What, what, what makes you special? What makes you the top, um, prep bat in, in this year's draft class? Yeah, I think my basketball skills are probably the most important. I really take pride in being a hitter, um, and really valuing my bats at the plate and always trying to put the barrel on the ball. Uh, I think that started, um, from a young age, really just trying to focus on um, having a good at-bat and striking the ball solid because hard hit balls um, will lead to more hits more often than not. I mean, it, it sounds it sounds simple enough, doesn't it? It, it mm. sounds like a pretty <laughs> simple concept. Um, there, there's, you know, I've read about some of the people that you look up to, um, you know, guys, guys that we don't necessarily love around here, guys like Derek Jeter and uh, Carlos Correa. And, and we, don't, we, don't, I mean, we're not, we're not, we don't feel the, quite the same way about Correa around these parts, um, who are both pretty good ones. Are, 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 are you the type, are you a student of guys like that? Like, are you the type that, like, watches what any un- particular person has done and says, I want to take some of those things into my game, or are you more the... No, I'm going to be my own person. I don't want to replicate any one type. No, I'd say the first. I love to watch the game. Um, 
really those two players in particular, but really anybody. Um, if I'm watching the games on, I love to watch and see what they're doing um, because obviously they made it to the highest level doing that. So if I can pick up a little piece here and there from them and I can try to put it into my game, hey, if it sticks, might as well try. A, a lot of times, guys that are bats that play shortstop, the thought will be, you know, where where else might they end up at some point, right? Like that, that it's mm-hmm. not going to work out that way. And and heck, you know, maybe Manny Machado, who we had here in Baltimore for a long time, would have been, you know, an eternally great shortstop if that had been the position that he played for the most of his, the majority of his career. But he moved to third base. I, is it a big deal to you? that shortstop is your position moving forward? Is that something that's really – I think everybody knows the significance of the position and what it demands. Mm-hmm. Are you the type that says, I- I'm hell-bent on not just being a bat. I want to be a quality, high-level major league shortstop. Yeah, I would love to be a MLB shortstop. That's always been my dream and my goal. Um, and hopefully one day I can be a gold-glove shortstop. But really, anywhere I could play to help the team win. Uh, that's where I'd play, and I feel like I'd be able to play really anything except for pitcher and catcher at a pretty high level. Now, now wait a second. Are you sure you wouldn't be able to do those things? Like, are you sure that if you didn't spend, <laughs> considering what we know about you, like if you spent a little bit of time working on it, are you sure you wouldn't be able to develop into a major league pitcher? Mm. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to pass on that. One. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are, 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 are you? Uh, were you ever at any point in your life were you ever a pitcher? Uh, yes, I was. And, and I was young. I was kind of the summer ball closer, you could say. Okay, was it the type of thing where you realized pretty quickly you weren't going to be a pitcher, so you just started focusing on everything else? Yeah, uh, I was actually pretty good at it. I just decided of course, it was time to of move course over. you were. Yeah. Of course you were. <laughs> I like hitting a little bit more. So I get I that. To focus on that. I get yeah. that. Um, Jordan, we got a unique situation here in Baltimore where the Orioles are in the midst of a rebuild, and obviously it is a difficult thing uh, at the Major League level, and they are struggling, but there is a lot of excitement about what's to come. But what comes along with that is um, when someone comes into the system, maybe more so than, than anywhere else, there is a lot of attention that comes along with that immediately. Like when Adley Rutschman was drafted a couple years ago, but before he had ever played a minor league baseball game, he kind of became like the face of the franchise here because of what's going on. Um, you know, in this hypothetical scenario where it were to play out that way, are, are you the type that would be ready for that type of pressure, for that type of extra attention that would come from being a very high draft pick in a system that, that the, the talent isn't really at the major league level right now? Yeah, for sure. I think I would be able to handle it and, uh... I think handling that just comes with knowing the player you are and sticking to your guns in a way and uh, just staying confident on the field um, and doing that. But I feel like I could definitely handle whatever comes my way and then uh, hopefully I'll be able to bring a championship there if that were to happen. It it seems like uh, you already have a bit of like a flair for the dramatic in your life, Um, uh, hitting the walk-off home run in the big ballpark in Frisco. (laughs) Like, Are you the type that... Like, there's something about the bigger, the brighter lights, the bigger crowds. Like, is, is there something about you that, like, amps you in a certain way? Yes, sir. I think the competition, uh, playing with the best kind of elevates your game. I prefer say my game, for sure. But uh, I love it, and I love to be under the lights. What, what, what's, what's, what's so far, is that the one for you, like, of everything that you've already been able to do in baseball? And, and you got a lot of time ahead of you, I know. Is that the one that maybe was, like, the most electric moment for you so far? Yeah, that was probably the most electric moment I've ever had in my baseball career. It was pretty insane. It's pretty cool, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's a pretty cool feeling. 
Um, priorities for you as a baseball player moving forward, right? Like, what's what's still something that you say, hey, I know right now, I you know, the people I'm being talked about as a guy that could be the number one pick, but for me personally, I still want to do this. I still want to get better in this area. What are the baseball priorities for you, Jordan? I'd say the easy answer would be everything. But uh, really, I feel like it's just trying not to get caught up in the talk and know that there's still a long way to go. Obviously, I'm not in the league yet, so... And even when you do make it, you still need to keep working. So uh, you always got to keep evolving and keep working. So I think um, just that hit tool that I've talked about earlier, I feel like I'll grow into the power. Um, and then obviously working on just working on some details in the field. And it's not like you haven't been able to hit home runs, as we were just talking about. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's clear you're, you're already capable of it, but I think a lot yeah. of people talk about that. That's a common thing in baseball, that as, as your body. So, so what, are you, what are your measurements right now, by the way, Jordan, at 18? Uh, 6'2", Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> still still have to grow into it. Jesus. 6'2", 190. You're yeah. built like a tank. <laughs> We're talking about you still growing into power a little bit. Man, that is that is really funny. All right, um, uh, give me give me the one thing that, that, that you, like, maybe somebody, a friend, or maybe, maybe you don't want to incriminate anybody. Give me the, how many times have friends like asked you to do something in, in like the last year or two where you'd be like, dude, I, I, I can't do that. I have a pretty significant thing ahead of me. Like I, I love you and I want to have fun and be a kid, but like, no, I can't be doing that. How much have you dealt with that in the last couple of years? Yeah, I'd say, um, it's happened a few times, but honestly, <laughs> my friend group is really good about it. They try to protect me as much as they can. And, uh, they have my back, so they understand the situation I'm in. And 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 just because I I think I have to ask the question, um, mm-hmm. the, I know the plan is Vanderbilt, right? And and you guys, your yes, team sir. has talked about that. How how much it can how much can that be swayed? I guess is the question that I'm asking, right? Like, can <laughs> that be swayed? Are you signable if you're drafted by a team like the Baltimore Orioles? You know, I think there's always a chance, and uh, if everything works out then that may be a possibility but uh whether professional baseball starts this year or two years from now um we'll see but it's Vanderbilt at the moment it's not it's not a bad these are not bad options to have man (laughs) these are not bad (laughs) options to have hey Jordan where can the like as, as Orioles fans are interested in you where can they be following you on social media Twitter Instagram anywhere like that maybe maybe a, a social media site that I don't know about because I'm nearly 40 years old and I'm, I'm completely elderly <laughs> at this point where can people be giving you a follow yeah everything on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Jordan Lawler at Jordan Lawler and, and let's make sure yeah. people know it's L-A-W-L-A-R Lawler yeah that's sir. that's yeah, how you exactly. that's how you spell it Hey Jordan, man, you're you're such a great kid. Um, it's it's going to be tough for us to. Re- we're really nervous about being Boston at four because then we're going to have to hate you for the rest of time. And I hope you understand <laughs> that, like, we don't mean it. It's not personal. It's just the way that it works around here. But um, otherwise, we're going to be uh, really fi- fascinated by seeing what's next for you. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning, man. And best of luck to you, no matter what happens. All right. It's... Yes, sir. Thanks for the opportunity. It's Jordan Lawler. Um... Really great kid, you know. It's economics and finance. Yeah, that's, that's what he does how for fun. Kid, that's know? how he has fun and is a kid. <laughs> God, um, I you know impressive. Look, I, I mean, it's hard not to be impressed. Oh yeah, he's very impressive. And I and I tried there at the end. I had you know to address it, but I he's again been as worried. I, he's been trained for this. As I know? as I said, they have to they have to say he's going to Vanderbilt. It's about leverage. We all know 
if he goes as early as we assume he's going in the draft, he's signing. He's not, he's not going to be an underslot guy. Somebody said, when was the last time a top 10 high school player? I, I saw this recently. When was the last time a top 10 high school MLB pick? I mean, top 10 is... Didn't I think sign. top 5 is different than top 10 for what it's worth. No, but somebody had the stat for top 10. Yeah, I don't know. If you know it, then... I'll defer I'm trying to, you. to I'm trying to pull it up. I'm trying to pull it up. I just saw this the other day and I wish I would have written it down because it's just it's just so unlikely that it would occur. Yeah, I got I got I can't I can't find it. It's again. been a while apparently. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just looking for the stat. I like I can't go through every draft and 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 look at it that way. Lucky for you, I did. Oh, did you? Yeah, you were working on that. Um uh, uh, our buddy Jim Callis has a new mock draft up today, and he has the Orioles taking Henry Davis, the catcher from Louisville. Seems to imply that if he were on the board, the Orioles might not be able to pass up on him. Uh, I think a lot of people have suggested that. This is what the Orioles do. They take, they in their world, in college bats. the best thing to take at that point in the draft is a college bat because it's the most likely thing to pan out. The most likely thing to pan out is a top college bat. There is too much unknown in any other commodity that exists. The college bats are the ones that at the top of the draft, are the, they, they tend to be the ones that pan out the most. And when you have to put top talent in your organization, you need to know that you're getting a guy that's going to pan out. Obviously, the cursed ad thing is a different situation altogether. Mm-hmm. And, and you I, saw them draft... Correa, when Elias was with Houston, he was not a college bat. Correct. So it's not as if this is a no, it's hard not. and fast rule, right? And the word is that they are interested in all the high school shortstops, including Jordan Lawler, that they have been scouting all of them, and they're interested in them. And I'm, as everyone says, I'm all for getting the best player, sure. right? But if Henry Davis truly is, can't miss a, as far as a bat goes, sure. as legit as everybody's making him out to be, I understand why the argument is this is the most Orioles thing to do. The most Orioles thing to do would be to just take Henry Davis. Well, there seemed like the most Orioles thing to do would be cutting an underslot deal with a college I disagree bat, right? with that. I disagree with that. That happened a year ago, right? Like, they didn't do that two years ago. That Cal's did mention that a lot of people expect or have or think the Orioles might be going that route, whether that's just I think, because they've done it. I, I think know. the most likely thing for the Orioles to do is take a college bat. I think the second most likely thing for the Orioles to do is try to go underslot. I think that both things could happen. Sure. Right? They did that last year. They both took a college bat. Yeah. They went under slot and took a college bat in the process. You mentioned it's not exactly always easy to go under slot with high school guys. Now, That's the point. Know, right. The hairy forwards of the world. Is that a possibility? Yeah, we haven't heard much about it, but, you know, who knows? It's easier for them to use college as, you know, the reason why it is that they're not going to sign. But appreciate Jordan Lawler taking the time for us. Um, great, great kid. And, um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't become a Red Sox because. I wouldn't much care for that. All right. Um, before we, you know what? Go ahead and uh, make that call if you don't mind. Today's show is also brought to you by Sports and Social MD. That's the place where you should be to watch the fights. It's an awesome spot. I've been. It's incredible. They're bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champ, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with the state of the art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, 
extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. From Craig. Craig says, uh, like Jordan Lawler, think that he would make a whole lot of sense for the Orioles. That being said, happening after watching... Oh, I see what you're saying. You're asking about the pitchers. I, Craig, I, I think if Jack Leiter's on the board, they're going to take Leiter. I, I'd be stunned if Jack Leiter somehow gets to five and they don't take him. Kamar Rocker, I don't think everybody feels the same way about. I don't. I just don't get the sense that everybody is as hell bent about Kamar Rocker that if he's there, you got to have him. I'm not going to pretend like I know enough to be able to to say why it's the case with one and not the other. But that's just the sense that I get. I don't think the Orioles are. I don't think it's a case of the Orioles saying we will never select a pitcher that high in the draft. As much as it's what I just said, they seem to think that the bats, specifically the college bats, are the most surefire commodity that you can get with that early of a pick. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it is that it plays out. I know what I'm going to see this Sunday. I'm going to see Tucker Fest over at Jerry's Toyota. I've been telling you about it for weeks. It's going to be an amazing day, a free family fun event that will be raising money for the Brigance Brigade, a charity that we care deeply about in our community. Joining us now is the man behind Tucker Fest and behind everything that Great Eights memorabilia has been doing. He is our friend and our partner, Mr. Chris Ruling, and he's back with us this morning on GCR. Chris, what's up, pal? How you doing? Glenn, what is going on, man? We are so close to Tucker Fest. I'm like, I get like anxious, like before. Yeah. Did yeah. you get anxious before your pig roast? I, I get anxious before. Well, pig roast is a, it's nothing. Come on, man. In comparison to what you're doing, <laughs> the pig roast is nothing. I get anxious before, um, like when I'm calling a big game. I get, I get a little bit of that anxiety, like when I'm, you know, I, I know the game that I'm doing is going to have a bigger audience, something along those lines. I, I know those feelings. I know those feelings for events. This is an insane undertaking, man. Like this is absolutely nuts what you've put together give everybody sort of the genesis for this how it all came about why it was a festival and not just a signing why justin tucker all of that give me the entire backstory for tucker fest yeah so um you know some of my closest friends and family they, they know that my dad has ms and uh he was you know kind of like you know, not an NFL player like oj you know but he was a very athletic guy was the guy who fixed you know, everything in the house. And um, two years ago was diagnosed, and he went from that guy, you know, exercising every day to somebody who came and hold a fork in his hand. And MS and ALS, you know, the two absolutely terrible diseases. I mean, there's a difference between dying from a disease and not being able to live from one. And, you know, OJ is always, OJ Brigance has always been a huge inspiration just for, um, I don't know, just showing how to press on and how to, you know, live a life when it doesn't look like there's much there. So we decided we were going to do this benefit, and the masks are off, you know, for for everybody outside, and um, 
you know, we said, you know, let's just go ahead and just put together a big festival. So Justin Tucker is going to be there for, for a meet and greet. Uh, Express Exterior Design uh, is sponsoring a stage. We're going to have free concert with Dave Teeth and Joey Harkham. Uh The U.S. Army is going to be there with a 40-foot video game trailer. Our friend Jeremy Kahn is going to be talking smack from a dunk tank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which he's volunteered for. Um, so you get a chance to do that. You know, food trucks with Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Deedles Donuts, a huge cornhole tournament. And um, hopefully, you know, you guys can come. It looks like the weather's going to be great, and we can raise a lot of money for uh, the Brigands Brigade as they fight this terrible disease. So let's cover a couple of things. Uh, Chris Ruling is with us. Um, if, if somebody, if you still want to meet Justin Tucker, are there still passes available? Yeah, so, um, you know, Justin's going to be there from 1.30 until 3 o'clock. So the music will start around 1 o'clock, but definitely can get there it's from 12 to 4. So this will just guarantee your spot in line, um, to guarantee he gets you done in those 90 minutes. But you can go on Great Eights, that's number 8smemorabilia.com, greateightsmemorabilia.com to get those tickets, or you can just buy them the day of the event. Um, but just to guarantee him, that's the easiest way to do it. Okay, and, and, and will they be available until the day of, or like, is there a deadline for when people need to get it? get in you know, we're, you know we're really going to try you know this is justin's first public signing in over two years um there really hasn't been any public signings because of covid so the ravens are excited to be out in the community especially uh with it being for the brigands brigade so um you know we're going to sell you know as people come up they come through maybe they just don't realize what's going on and they're stopping because there's a jimmy seafood truck there or they hear some music and they want to meet Justin Tucker. We'll, we'll accommodate everybody we possibly can. Uh, it's tremendous. Love that. And, again, this is all benefiting the Brigands Brigade, everything that's going on on Sunday, which is just an incredible thing. And I want to make clear, if you're not, if you say, hey, man, I've, I've met you, I'm not, I don't need the meet and greet, it's, you can still just come hang out. Anybody can just come show up on Sunday. You don't have to have a ticket or a pass. If you're just out and about on Sunday and you're like, oh, right, Tucker Fest, I remember hearing about that, you can just come show up and hang out, right? It's... Yeah, man. I mean, the concert's free. You can just pull into the parking lot, um, you know, get on out, grab yourself some uh, you know, crab cake egg rolls, which are absolutely ridiculous, get yep. some mini donuts, you know, jam out to Joey Harcum. You know, it's... It's just an opportunity to get together. All the vendors that are participating, all the food trucks, they're making a donation. A part of their sales is going to be a donation to the Brigades Brigade. So even if you don't want to meet Justin Tucker, you've already done it, you know, just come hang out, chill, man, grab something to eat. And it's a, it's a beautiful Sunday. What else better you got to do? No, oh, man, it's, uh, it's going to be an incredible day. I can't wait to be out there and, and to see everything. I think I'm going to try to participate in everything on Sunday is the goal for me. I might even... I might end up even uh, joining Jeremy in the dunk tank at some point during oh, the day. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Might end up being the way that things play out. Um, wh what else is coming up? What else can we play? We, we, do we talk up for you? Obviously, we want to see everybody on Sunday. It's going to be a phenomenal day, but what else do people need to know about with Great Eights memorabilia? Yeah, man, so we have our big crowd fest for the Casey Cares Foundation down at Jimmy Seafood with uh, Tyus Bowser from the Ravens and Friends. Then we'll be at the Maryland State Fair all 10 days. Uh, with signings, we're going to have Hollywood Brown, uh, Jason Oway, Big Country, Ben Cleveland, pretty much the whole rookie class. Uh, we're going to have a Legends Day there with Lenny Moore and some older Colts, um, Ronnie Stanley, uh, James Prochet. Uh, so it's going to be a huge signing at the Maryland State Fair from August 26th. We'll be in the Exhibition Hall, um, and there'll be something going on every day. So 
definitely a, the biggest Ravens signing that's taken place in this area in probably five years. That's incredible. That's really incredible, man. That's all going to be happening at the State Fair. And people can find out more about all these events by going to great8smemorabilia.com, correct? Yes, sir. Chris Rulin, man, I can't wait for this. What an unbelievable thing you've put together um, and, and doing it the right way, and that's the reason why you and I got hooked up to, be, to begin with is that we're taking care of the people that need it with an awesome event. It's awesome for everybody, but the fact that it's going to benefit um, the, this fight against ALS, that's truly a special thing. Can't wait to see you on Sunday. I'll be in touch. Uh, thank you, as always, my friend. Thanks, man. Have a great day, bud. He's Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us here on GCR. And again, Tucker Fest on Sunday. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, late edition, we're going to spend a couple minutes with Scott Ratliff, former Loyola Greyhound, uh, coming back to be a part of the PLL this weekend at Homewood Field. He's going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit you are out you are listening to glenn clark radio at glenn radio.com call c3 american exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible don't let the insurance industry get one over on you 410-401-9797 or go to c3america.com for your free analysis the pll is back in baltimore this weekend starting tomorrow night at homewood field and throughout the weekend Joining us now, of course, you know I am the play-by-play voice of Loyola Lacrosse. This man was a national champion at Loyola. Now he's been killing it with the Archers. He's back in Baltimore this weekend. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Scott Ratliff, who joins us now here on GCR. Scott, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks for having me on. It's listening to Royal Farms commercials at Brings back memories. Yeah, makes you think it, right. Makes you think of being back here, no doubt about it. Hey, what did it look like in uh, where? I don't know where you were that night, but what did it look like in your house um, the the night of the Loyola Denver game as uh, Denver got the ball back with like uh, ten seconds left? What 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 did it? What can you reenact uh, how how you were handling those moments? <laughs> so it was, it was just me and my girlfriend, um, and I was sitting in front of the TV and. Honestly, like she hasn't watched. I'm, I'm not necessarily like a huge, huge diehard sports fan for many teams. Um, so she had not seen that side of me, but oh, I was on wow. the edge of my couch, and um, it was it was pretty incredible just just to watch. I was so proud of those guys, and you know when he made that save, I I definitely oh. jumped up out of my seat, and uh, um, you know I, I would be lying if I didn't admit it was a little sweeter having it against Denver if they were kind of our old rivals. <laughs> and you, guys, you guys had to beat them three times, obviously, that season in order to win a national championship. That's so cool. Did she, did she second guess anything in that moment? Was she like, oh, oh wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think she understood. Okay. So it was it was pretty fun. And then, you know, continuing on, I mean, the Duke game was, was the same thing. Oh, we were oh. really, really proud of the team this year, though. It was pretty incredible what yeah, they what were a, Yeah, what a remarkable turnaround there late in the season. And just a reminder, um, uh, this Charlie Toomey guy, He's okay. Like he's not bad at this coaching thing. <laughs> Unbelievable. My my biggest takeaway. I mean, the, the whole staff in Arzale and Coach Dwan and Coach Toomey and Coach Bakeness. I mean, what they did and, and just clear as day in those two games. I mean, I you know they they won the coaching matchups and and put those guys in a great position. So it was it was pretty fun to watch. Oh man, it was an it was a special thing to see. Is it looked like they were dead in the water at one point late in the season. That was incredible. 
Um, Scott, yeah, being back in Baltimore this weekend, I know you guys are playing on Saturday. It's going to be, I think I might have even heard that Saturday, there, there might be no tickets left at this point, which doesn't surprise me because I was there the last time for Saturday night, and it was a raucous atmosphere. I, I know it's Homewood Field. It's not quite the same as playing at Ridley, but, you know, there's some history there, too. Uh, what does it mean to you coming back to Baltimore this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's a blast. Like, listen, I, I you know, coming from Georgia up to Loyola, I, I just didn't understand, you know, the, the lacrosse culture in Baltimore. And then, and then getting to play there in Ridley for four years and, you know, see some of the crowds that we turned out and you realize just how important this game is to, to this community. So, you know, anytime you get to go back and play in Baltimore for us professionally, you know, it, it carries a little bit more weight. You know, it's going to be a huge crowd. You know, it's going to be an intelligent fan base that, that knows the game and knows the players and is passionate about it. Um, and then for, you know, not just myself, but half the – half the freaking league either played in college in Baltimore or grew up in Baltimore. So I think for a lot of guys, it's a really special weekend. And I think you'll see a little extra juice in, in guys' legs were, wanting to show out on that big stage. Were you a part – I'm trying to remember the years. Were you a part of the team that ended the streak um, against Hopkins? Were you, I was. Yeah. My senior year, 2013, we got a win there on Homewood. So I, I remember, that makes it a little easier. I remember being there that day and how amped. I mean, that was – oh, my God, that was a massive crowd uh, for that game. Um, what did that mean to you playing there finally? And then it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't like 50 games or something like that, but it had been about a decade that, that Hopkins had, had the upper hand. What did that day mean to you? Oh, it meant a ton. You know, I grew up, my dad played at the university of Maryland. And so I, you know, grew up kind of being taught to, 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 to hate Hopkins, Hopkins. <laughs> um, you know, and he had a lot of good and bad memories on, on that field as well. So, um, it meant a lot, you know, I'd seen, I can, I can vividly remember my freshman year, at Loyola, as I'm still learning the culture of Loyola and the rivalry and just seeing how badly it hurt some of our seniors when we lost to Hopkins the last game of that season, then kind of living it myself for two years. Obviously, our junior year, that's our only loss in the 18-1 and season. Um, so it was like a, a definitely a monkey-off-the-back moment and to win on that field with that band playing. Um, there's nothing sweeter. So yeah. I certainly love playing there, and you know, I think it's no, it's no Ridley, but – it's, it's about as good as it gets in lacrosse. He's Scott Ratliff from Archers. He's with us here on GCR. The PLL is back in Baltimore this weekend. Go right now to premierlacrosseleague.com in order to get your tickets. Um, Scott, the, the PLL experience for you, right? Like, I know it's it's been awfully good from a lacrosse standpoint for you. You've been playing really friggin' well. Um, what has it meant to be a part of this thing, to help get it off the ground, to see the success. I know last year, obviously, nobody could see that coming and, and doing what you guys had to do in order to have a, you know, even the bubble experience. But what has the PLL experience been like for you? Oh, it's been absolutely incredible. You know, this is my, my ninth year in, uh, in pro lacrosse. And, um, you know, I, I am grateful for, for the entire experience, all nine. But, you know, really there towards the end of the MLL, it was, it was just starting to get tedious. It just felt like, you know, you're working so hard, you're committing your life to something and we're not growing professionally in our, in our fan base or, or elevating the sport. And now these last three years have just been a complete breath of fresh air. Uh, the professionalism, I think more than anything else, the level of play is the highest I've ever been a part of. You know, this Archer team, and I think pretty much any guy would say this about their PLL team, it's far and away the best, you know, collection of players I've ever played with. So, the level of play is so high, and, and that challenges you so much to, to elevate your game and to spend more time working on your craft. And, and I think it's done that for, for everybody, just elevating their level of play and, and you know, giving us a, a reason to, to be full-time lacrosse players. So awesome. really, really proud to be a part of it. And, again, I mean, I, I 
Uh, I'm certainly biased, but you know, I, I feel very strongly it's it's the best lacrosse in the world, and, and I really don't think it's even close. You know, I, it's an incredibly high level of play and a, and a fast game, and it's a blast to do. I heard a rumor that you might be at this point sort of like the Cal Ripken of professional lacrosse. That 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 you got a bit of a a, a games played streak rolling for you. There we go. My guy Joe Keegan must have taken care yeah, of me with that. Yeah, he <laughs> let me know about that. What's the streak at? So, I mean, I haven't missed a game in, in nine years. And you, wow. you mentioned Cal Ripken, and I mentioned my dad at, at Maryland, and that was a guy and a name that was really, you know, I often heard in my house. And I, my dad didn't miss a day of school from, you know, elementary school through college. So he was always <laughs> big on, on show up. And I think what's special about it for me, honestly, I mean, it's luck, right, with the injuries and obviously working hard and taking care of yourself. But in pro lacrosse, you know, in the past, a lot of guys were missing for, for reasons beyond just injury. And, and I just knew that to get to the highest level of, of my game, I was going to need to be committed to it. And, you know, I kind of made that decision that I was going to prioritize it. And, um, you know, now here, nine years later, it's really paying off as, as the game is kind of, uh, you know, jump into that next level. And, and did you ever, like, even miss a class when you were in college? Like, did you ever Oh, miss... I definitely, I definitely miss class. Okay, I was going to so. say. <laughs> right? Like, late, I, I, late night the night before, 9 a.m. No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do the class streak, but uh, <laughs> I took it to heart on the lacrosse field, that's for sure. <laughs> so that, by the way, that's paid off for you, all right? That decision yeah. has worked out. So do, do you know off the top of your head what the actual number of games is? You know, I don't. I couldn't tell you the number okay. of games. Uh, okay. But I, I just know that it's been – nine full seasons for me we're gonna have to do some work on that we got to know we got to know how close you are so if, I, I think at this point maybe if you keep playing until you're like 105 you could threaten ripkin's record like if you, <laughs> if you keep playing to about that age i think you might have a chance to reach 2632 go. if we do that math um and i also hear that you're uh, you're threatening 100 points as well uh, uh it, i am i'm sitting on 99 it was I, you know i got to play in my hometown of atlanta last weekend yep. and and that would have been special, but you know, at my position, the the opportunities don't always Not, necessarily yeah, come. So yeah. I got to be patient, and it would be really cool to to get that in Baltimore. But you know, honestly, and, and when you get to this point in your career, like that, that's great. But I, the the individual stuff matters far less. You know, I won that championship at Loyola in 2012, which seems you know like forever ago now, and I haven't been able to win a pro championship. So. Um, I'm extremely focused on on winning games, and if I score or don't score, I, I really don't care as long as uh, the archers are putting ourselves in position to to go chase the crown. What is it, by the way, with like Loyola long poles over the years? You guys are all scorers. Like I, I don't know. You saw the the the, the spin move that McNulty had this year in order to score a goal, which was one of my favorite plays that I've called ever at Loyola. Like, what is it about Loyola long poles, man? Like everybody's a scorer. Yeah, that's it's it's Coach Dwan. He's uh. You know, he was one of the first to kind of be like that. And yeah. He's an incredible coach. And, you know, what I always said about him is instead of, you know, coming in there and him making you or, or, or coaching you to play a certain way, what he's amazing at is he takes, um, you know, he takes the style of play that guys have and he just teaches you how to be better at it. And so I think for me, you know, I played offensive midfield in high school, so I had maybe not the skill set, but I at least had the desire to, uh, <laughs> to run down and, and be a part of offense. And he really nurtured that and taught me how to, you know, do it responsibly, make good decisions, um, you know, understand the spacing and, and things like that. And I think you're seeing the same thing with McNulty. You know, I had a chance to watch him in high school, and it was the same thing. He was he was scoring goals in high school. Um, and I think a lot of programs, they get in and, you know, they, they funnel guys into being, you know, defensive players or, or into playing a certain style. And, you know, I think Coach Dwan and Coach Toomey do a really good job of, you know, encouraging guys to, to you know, explore that part of their game and add value there and, and again, teaching them to do it in a way where, 
you know, you can be effective on offense and, and shoot a really high percentage and win the turnovers. So it's, it's definitely the coaching that, that I think creates that. And, and with the exception of, say, a game-saving save with two seconds left, it's the most electric play in all of lacrosse. There is nothing that, that more electric. That goal was, was ridiculous. Dude. I mean, he has just been a pleasure to watch. He is, he is a beast. Oh, he's a beast. But, I mean, just in general, long pole goals give me such delight as a lacrosse fan, man. Like, I've, always, I've always compared it to, like, a pick six, you know? It's, yeah. it's worth the same amount of points as a, a touchdown or as a regular yep. goal, but it's it just, also gives you a little emotional boost. No which, doubt. Which can be valuable. No no doubt it gets everybody fired up. Hey Scott, um, I was checking out your website. Give me a little bit about what you're doing uh, beyond uh, the PLL. What what you've been up to these last few years, and and what you're working on uh, personally and with your brand. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I do a, a bunch of different things, as a lot of guys in pro lacrosse do. Um, namely, though, I, I two things. I, I work in, in leadership development. So um, I work with young athletes primarily uh, down here in Atlanta, and just you know, I, I started coaching when I got out of college, and what I realized was. I love coaching lacrosse and X's and O's, but more so just helping, you know, young men and women understand the, the, the mental side of it and how to really kind of get the best out of themselves and how to handle the adversity and all the ebbs and flows that come with sports. And, you know, working on that has been really key for me in, in the course, especially of my professional career. Um, and I've had a lot of really good mentors along the way, including those coaches at Loyola. So I've really committed to doing that, and, and I've worked with some college programs and, and, again, a lot of high school athletes and even a little bit in the corporate space as I – as I eye down what might be next for me uh, once this pro career ends. Um, and then I, I've also you know, been really lucky and, and grateful to partner with a teammate, Adam Gittleman, and start a, a foundation called the Giving Go Foundation, and that's a lacrosse-based nonprofit. Um, our focus is just empowering underserved lacrosse communities all over the world. So you know, we do work with, with lacrosse communities domestically, and we've got some scholarship programs that we offer um, for kids here in the United States. And then um, you know, we've been lucky over the last four or five years to kind of travel the world and, and go visit lacrosse programs in, in Europe and South America and Asia and Thailand and all these different places. And, That's awesome. you know, figure out what they need to grow, whether it's, you know, financial support, whether it's coaching, whether it's um, access to equipment. Um, we've been able to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, people in the United States who are interested in seeing it grow and, and all these programs and, and doing that. We've got to, to travel and coach in a lot of cool places and you know, stay with families in these places, and that's really been a, an amazing gift and something that I think I'll, I'll continue to do for a long time. That's incredible, man. Find out more by going to scottrat.com, of course, at srat2, the number two on Twitter as well. And the PLL this weekend at Homewood Field, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, tickets still available, I know for sure, on Friday and Sunday. I think they might be gone for Saturday, but uh, you can double-check PremierLacrosseLeague.com. Hey, Scott, before I let you go, I just need to say this, man. The national championship meant a lot to everybody. Like, I didn't want to say that, but you know what meant more to me is what you guys did going up there to Connecticut. Um, it, 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 I, it remains. It moved me to tears one day when I heard about it. And I, like, I had a weepy conversation with Charlie about it because it meant that much to me that you guys stepped up and did that thing at that time and it's never left me um, what you guys did in that moment and making that trip up there so I've never had the chance to tell you that it's one of the most incredible things I've, I've seen a group of young men go do uh, in a circumstance and it's always meant the world to me and I hope you know that brother I'm, I'm happy for all your success and really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning man yeah absolutely no I really appreciate you saying that and Loyola is a special place you know I look at, at the service work I do now and being a part of that program at Loyola that's something that's that's taught you know it's something that we did it together as a team we used to go down and feed the homeless once a week and you know tj harris an old teammate of mine would lead that and 
you know, freshman Jason Crane was the one who really took the lead on, on the Sandy Hook Clinic. So um, it's part of the DNA and the lacrosse program at Loyola, and it's something I'm extremely proud to, to be a part of and, and carry the torch. So thank you guys for having me. I'm pumped to be out there. Go Archers. No, we'll see you next we'll see you we'll this see you weekend. Next, next Loyola season. All right, buddy. Thank you, Scott. Right. Scott Ratliff uh, from Loyola, of course, now with the Archers. And we'll be out there this weekend at Homewood Field as the PLL returns. And, yeah, tickets are going, as I'm not surprised by. It's Baltimore. It's the best lacrosse players in the world. Of course, that would be the case. appreciate Scott taking a couple minutes for us. Again, at SRAT, R-A-T-2, the number two. On uh, Twitter, that's how you give him a follow. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. My wife and I ended up at Glory Days Grill last night. Um, we I went a little bit different. I I went with got the buffalo cauliflower to start off. Start off, good call. Uh, she wanted it medium. I would have preferred the hot. You know, I went with her on that one because. At a certain point, she won't eat any of it, so I said, I'll, I'll meet you in the middle there. Quite good, quite good, even at the medium. Went with the smothered chicken was the play for me for dinner last night. The smothered, it's the grilled chicken smothered with onions. I do not do mushrooms, so I did not get mushrooms. Missing out. Um, they've never, it's, they do nothing. Mushrooms offer nothing to the world. Umami. Never have, never will. Umami. Offer nothing. Umami. Um, but if you're into it, that's an option. I just went with the smothered with onions and peppers and cheese. And I put a little bar. I'm not going to. You keep going. Yes, I, I do it better. It's okay. You can do whatever you want to do. I just do it better. No, it's I'm just going to, you know. No, it's fine. I'm it's not totally, interrupt you. It's totally fine. If you, if you like mushrooms you can get mushrooms but you're probably also a psychopath like there's nothing mushrooms just offer nothing um that's fine it's well, we'll your revisit it's, that it's, after it's, you finish it's this your read. it's your choice in life whatever it is that you want to do they just offer nothing to society introspection what's that no, i i'm i'm good i've uh, i've figured this part out they offer nothing to society as a whole um i did that with a little broccoli on the side she got the buffalo chicken salad we just had a great meal last night at glory days grill GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more. Still celebrating their 25th anniversary at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Again, GloryDaysGrill.com. Stop myself. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what it is that you have to, to talk say. about. Mushrooms have hallucinogens. Nothing. Well, that's a, yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that. <laughs> yes. Mushrooms have nothing to offer the world in, in a food capacity. They have nothing I to offer I disagree with that as well. They're, they're awful. They're tasty. They're not. That's they the, and that's the problem. If they were tasty, they would we would we wouldn't be having this conversation. They are. The taste is nothing. It's just. It's they just add depth of flavor to it. No, they don't. There's yes, no flavor. Do. That's not a flavor to mushrooms. They're just there. It's like saying water chestnuts offer. I something. love water chestnuts. They're, they don't offer anything as a flavor. One of the best textural components you could ever find. That's the only argument for them. Which, by the way, doubles down on mushrooms because they don't offer anything texture wise. Well, different either. mushrooms have different texture. The texture is just. You're, you're speaking of mushrooms as a as a mono. There are a bunch of different kinds of mushrooms. Yes, and, and they offer nothing from a taste standpoint. Okay, you can and be wrong. It's they, okay to be wrong. No, I'm not. I, right I assure wrong. you, I've done all of the research on it's this okay topic. okay to be wrong. No, they do not. They offer nothing. You ever had they chicken are, in the woods? I, I don't know. No, It's I like don't. a shelf mushroom. At certain restaurants it actually grows regionally. That certain restaurants, it's a very, very good if you're like a if you're vegetarian or you're mm-hmm. like you don't want to eat meat or whatever. People will use it as a as a mimicking of chicken for chicken tenders. Like uh-huh. it has a much more firm mm-hmm. texture than a normal what you would consider to be like your portobello or something uh-huh. like that. It's delicious. It's probably not. You can get the new print issue of Press Box right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms for free on the cover. Talia Tungavailoa, University of Maryland quarterback. <laughs> 
Um, great story from Thomas Kenzor about Leah and about uh, what's ahead for Maryland. Go pick that up right now. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, you can read it all, pressboxonline.com. Tidbit brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbit of the day. That's what we do here. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the viewership in general for the basketball playoffs. Mm -hmm. The NBA's TV market share, which is not necessarily how many people are watching, but how much of the viewership in general they are capturing, mm -hmm. is higher this year than it ever has been since they began tracking the information in 2002. So It, it does benefit them in that capacity that the playoffs are lasting longer. Even still. But it's a smaller audience the longer the playoffs still go on. Positive. Like there's a smaller audience in July. Like, that's the problem with the NBA Finals. The, like, the, the market share might look really good, but the audience itself is smaller in July than it is in, in June. Well, Trey Young helped. Uh, he, of the 108 points that Atlanta scored while he was on the floor, well, scored or assisted or created 80 of those 108. Of course, 48 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds. Not too shabby for a for a guy his size. Uh, he also, and the Hawks also, became the first team to win game one on the road in three series in the NBA playoffs within a single NBA playoffs since the 98-99 Knicks and are the fourth such team all time. Of course, a linchpin for this whole season for the Hawks appeared to have been the firing of their initial head coach as yeah. since Nate McMillan took over, do you know, they who, are that, do you know who the coach was? And fifteen, I forget. Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce. Not worth remembering anymore, huh? Well, I mean, I, I, he's not getting there. It's fine. I still know who it was. Oh, look at you! That's not my trivia. Uh, Trey Young joined some guy named LeBron James as the only players to record seven or more twenty-point halves in the play, in, in, their, in their first playoffs since '97. He also, in his conference finals debut, now sits atop the list of 40-point performances as 48 surpassed the 41 from Amari Stoudemire and 40 from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, respectively. So, yeah, decent but, little but, job. Yeah, but he, it was shameful, the shimmy. I mean, it's just, it's, come yeah, on, okay. show some class. It was very fun. Uh, LeBron James, unsurprisingly, has... Act, act like you've been there before. LeBron James, unsurprisingly has the most 40 or more point performances in conference finals games all time with eight. There are six other players with at least three. Who are they? Durant. No, only two. Jordan. Six. Kobe. Four. Duncan. Two. Um, Larry Bird. Mm, evidently not even one. That's a little surprising. I mean, I know they were balanced, but still. Um, Steph. Two. Shaq. Two. We're missing one player with five. The rest have three. 
Hakeem Olajuwon. Five for Olajuwon. You got to think of guys that had a lot of opportunities to do it. That's the problem. Like, you know, I I want to say Allen Iverson, but he wasn't there a lot, so I'm not going to say Allen Iverson. Okay. Allen Iverson. <laughs> Two. Garnett. Zero. Yeah. I mean, and it's Pierce. Zero. Yeah, it's a similar problem. They were loaded. <sighs> I cool. believe... All, okay, I'll give you the hint later once you keep struggling. Kawhi. Zero. Dwayne Wade. Zero. Dirk. Three. So I'm missing... Two. Scotty Pippen. Zero. That's why they went and signed Tony Kukoc. All right, give me something. Malone. Um, zero. What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Remaining two are bigs. How far back? One old, one more recent. Kareem. Three for Kareem. So, when, so I'm assuming that means the other one's more recent? Yeah, that would be... Well, I mean... There is older than Kareem, believe it or not. Yes. For some people, that's not that fa- that long ago. I said one older. I didn't say oldest. David Robinson? No. Not sure if they ever reached the finals for this player, though, for what it's worth. Not sure if they ever reached the finals. Yao Ming? No. Not sure if they ever reached the finals, this player. I, I mean, Patrick Ewing, but they, they did. Not Ewing? Alonzo Mourning? Nope. I don't know if he ever had a 40-point game in his career. I think he probably had. Not sure if they ever reached the finals. I'll double-check and see, but I'm pretty uh, sure they didn't. Didn't. Pretty sure they didn't. A big. Yep. Not sure if they ever. They officially did not. They never reached the finals. He had three 40-point conference final performances. I don't know. I don't know. Who is it? Might hurt a little bit more because standing tall and talented... Oh, Amari? 40-point performances, three for Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Cool. It's your cool. boy. It's your yeah, guy. I actually have a signed Amari Stoudemire jersey in my – I don't even display it anyway. That's just why you always my, take those wine baths, you know? Yeah, I do. Everybody knows that about me. I don't even know why I have that jersey. I saw it again recently, and I'm like, well, I don't even remember where that came from. It was like a gift someone gave me when I was out there. I was like – Cool. And I actually, this is not even a joke. I didn't own a Suns jersey when I was given it. I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. And then I realized I couldn't wear it because it was signed by Amari. I'm like, damn it. This does nothing for me at all. I had a Nash Mavericks jersey. That doesn't help me in any way. I was a Suns fan as well. It is time for me to get a a Booker jersey, I think. I think I'm going to get the old D-Book. I would get an Aiton jersey for sure, but I think I'm going to choose to get a Devin Booker jersey. Okay. I think it's time. Like it's, I don't really wear jerseys anymore, so I don't know where I would wear it. But And I don't get together with people to watch Suns games. Nope. But 
I just feel like I should have it. I feel like that right. should be the case. Are you going to do the PHX or the Valley one? I love the Valley one. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by... Do they do retros still? I mean, those are the best ones they had. Um, I assume. I mean, I assume. The I've, I've spent a lot of time on this, but I assume that's the case. Okay. Uh, Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Yeah, the Suns, speaking of them, they're back in action tonight trying to take a commanding 3-0 series lead in the Western Conference Finals. It's 9 o'clock on ESPN. The Orioles are at the Blue Jays to start a four-game set tonight, the series in Buffalo. Dean Kramer, Anthony Kay, the pitching matchup for Game 1 at 7 o'clock on Masson. Masson 2, Nationals Marlins at 7. MLB Network, Royals Yankees at 1, Athletics Rangers after that, Braves Reds at 7, Cubs Dodgers at 10. ESPN 2, another elimination game in the College World Series, Texas and Virginia at 7 o'clock. USA Network for Game 6, Canadians trying to finish off the Golden Knights, 8 o'clock tonight in Montreal. CBS Sports Network, Dallas Wings, Indiana Fever at 7. FS1, Copa America continues. Bolivia and Uruguay at 5 o'clock. Chile and Paraguay at 8. NBCSN, U.S. Olympic Gymnastic Trials at 6.30. The U.S. Olympic Track and Field Trials continue at 9. I believe uh, Maryland's Caleb Dean is participating tonight. Golf Channel, round one of the PGA Travelers Championship at 3, NXT UK at 3 on WWE Network, and Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Non-sports highlights. Uh, tonight, it's the football night on Viceland. Uh, of course, Dark Side Football at 10 o'clock, if you still care about that. There's a documentary at 8, two-hour documentary, called Fear of a Black Quarterback, which could be more interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope it is, because the other one's no good. Yeah. Um, if you're into good girls, that's at 10 o'clock on oh, NBC. Am I ever. How about this? When Nature Calls with Helen Mirren. It's about, about just trips to the bathroom. I was going to say, it's, no. about, it's about pissing in the woods or it's something? It's just about uh, animals and stuff, I guess. Okay. That's at 8 o'clock on ABC. Holy moly's at 9. Uh, this is the final episode of Conan on TBS that starts at 10. It's going to be an hour long. Jack Black will be there. I imagine there will be special guests. Uh, Chris Pratt's on Kimmel. John Hamm's on Fallon. John Cena, Christian Shaw, package deal on Seth Meyers. Everybody knows that. Liam Neeson's on Corden. I hope they're dating, actually. I hope that's Robert what that is. Duvall is on Colbert. He's the only one on Colbert, apparently, tonight. I don't exactly it's know how that pretty works. Pretty significant. Maybe he'll say. Uh, stuff and things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. Uh, thanks today to Scott Ratliff. Thanks also to Jordan Lawler, as well as to Colin Tarbert from the BDC. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Hoping to make a trip down to Aberdeen well, tomorrow. Be, it's up. It's oh, not okay. down. It's over. Up. Over or up, whatever it's you want to call it. Yeah. Down. Hoping to make a trip to Aberdeen tomorrow. Uh, irons and fires, I promise. Stuff and things. Really? We don't have anything? Well, it's... I don't want to... He's making it seem like we were going to be chatting with one of the top prospects in the Royal system tomorrow. So, And I've got other things in the works Yikes. as well. Yikes. Yikes. Nothing. That's what we got. Nothing. Ever the cynic. I don't want to just say things before they're 100% confirmed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, 
Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds. Go Suns. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.